wonders are in breach of contract. We still have a hit record. Yeah, you do. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. I am the Martian ambassador. We come in peace. We come in peace. You complete me. What just has just shut You had me at Hello everyone. <laughs> but she's an old lady. I mean look at her. She's old. I am the last one. You think they deserve to die, Mr. Hitler? Answer the question. Okay. Oh, they don't deserve to die. Yes, they deserve to die. I hope they burn You have brought it, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell. You would leave a man. I would kill you where you stand. That's right! That's mine! Right. Get up! Get up! That's what you get! <laughs> Look at you! Shippo, bang up! Who's the man? Huh? Who's the man? Wait till I get another play! I'm lighting all your friends up right beside you! It's not about your Liar! This is about saving the future of humanity! Don't blow up the damn ship! No! No! I am Kazam! Well, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a wish. That's an insult. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2016. Log on to denvercomiccon.com to buy your tickets today. Also, at Denver Comic Con, I forgot to mention last week that they are hosting a mass wedding there. So if you feel like you want to get married, can I join them? How's that? How's that work? If I if I like, can I just show up by myself and like? Like, if I somebody guess. else wants to get married, like we all we're all gonna get married together. Um, no, um, it's inclu- all inclusive. So um, it's also for our LBGTQ community. What does the Q stand for, Laura? Queer. Queer. Okay. She said queer. I wasn't sure. Um, I was pretty sure. <clears throat> yeah, I just. Well, it's queer. Sometimes it's question. Sometimes it means questioning too, depending on which version of the thing you're using. But uh, more so is uh, the DCC is partnering with Pride Fest because Pride Fest happens the same weekend. And um, yeah, you can sign up for the wedding ceremony on their website on the DCC. Just go to DenverComicCon.com and be part of it. Um, you know what's great about comic books? Everybody's included. Uh, there is no politics in comic books. Well, I mean, there, there is. There is, but I mean, like, the, <laughs> for the fans. Yeah. We're Name all- some gay superheroes. Uh, that dude from the planetary. Um, one of the X-Men guys. Um, that other dude from planetary that's, that's, that's like the lover of the, the first dude. Uh, the Midnighter. Yes, yes, right. That's the guy I'm talking about. Willow. (laughs) Is that the, oh yes, Willow, that's a good one. Right, Willow's in comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I said superheroes. (laughs) Uh, what? (laughs) Witches are like superheroes. In, you know, fiction. 
in real life, they're just kind of creepy and awkward to be around. Uh, I yeah. think it, I think is it North Star is the uh, X Men who is I think so. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure I don't read X Men comics. I don't know nothing about no X Men. Neither do I. I know Wolverine has claws. He does. Yeah. I'm still. I, you guys up? I don't know about the Apocalypse movie. No, it looks awful. Like the trailers are bad. But the truth is, like the trailers for A Man were bad. Yeah, and I th- like, I'm pretty it. sure the Days of Future Past trailers weren't that great either. If uh, I remember right. They were a little cumbersome. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck for the ride. Like, oh no! No matter, I'll, oh, I'll no, matter no matter what, it's just like it, it could be no, like X Men. We past. took a dump on the franchise. Okay. Has <laughs> One yeah, made a bad X Men movie yet? No, I don't think no. so. Yes, last last day. I don't think it's a yeah, bad dude, movie. That's Brett Ratner. But is it? Yeah, but, but hey, well, it's well, bad. Is it a bad movie? Uh, it, it's. I mean, it's got its problems. It, it does, but it's also on has, the bad scale somewhere. I don't think so. It's not like it still has that scene where Wolverine is like walking up the hill to kill the phoenix and the music's awesome and he's getting like his skin ripped off i don't love, I love that. that scene i don't i don't love that yeah and then he stabs her he's like fuck you gene <sighs> it's got a lot i think of, that's what he said it, you know what what's re- what is really cool is the scene where they go to recruit gene like at the beginning and they go mm-hmm. to her house and all the cars are floating and shit like that was pretty good yeah and uh, stan lee looks up but and they also they, <laughs> they also like yeah no i don't love that movie most of them are pretty good. Hey, we only have one short month to uh, Civil War, and that's what we're going to love. Civil War. Yeah. Do you guys uh, – so every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw God's Not Dead 2. Yeah. Um, hey, did you guys hear this theme song to that? Spoilers. God's not dead. He's surely alive. Uh, that's is not that's really not. what it is. I'm not even joking. No, I know. It's 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 by the Newsboys. The main singer of that band is Michael Tate, who was of a band called DC Talk. I was a big fan of it when I was about 12 years old. Um, Tell me, don't and that song's write been songs. out for a while. You no, know, no, the song's just atrocious. Who like, are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> what did I walk into? You know the theme song. You know the band. Well, that's only because I've never seen a trailer for it until like this week. Because oh, Laura awful. watches it's so uh, Super Nanny, and like I don't know what channel it's on, but they show that trailer all the time. Whatever, which what, what channel is Super Nanny on, Laura? It's up. on Up. Up is a channel. What? <laughs> I know ESPN, the History Channel, and. Disney. That's yeah. like the breadth of my knowledge on Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Yeah. CBS. Is um, it like CBS? And I'm sorry to watch John Oliver last week with John Oliver. It's pretty great. Um, yeah. So it's a terrible trailer. Yeah. Um, I don't think the movie is good either. I don't know because we didn't. We're not going to go see we're it. We're not going to go see it. Um, oh, actually, so this is a trick the whole time. Yes. <laughs> April Fools, Brad. <laughs> um, again, oh. when we don't know what movies we want to watch, we always have something in. Are in the back, uh, on the back burner, and this week we're doing Film Explosion 1996. Yeah. I would introduce everybody, but I don't care about anybody else. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm the best. Hey, before we, before we do that though, you know, we're not doing news this week. Um, but I do want to, I do want to do one quick shout out, okay. which is that this week the Westward awarded our Alamo Draft House the best movie theater in Denver based on their programming. Um, so shout out to those guys because they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's really effort. exciting. Congratulations. On I, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm glad the, Readers of the Westward don't have their heads up their asses because it is by far the best theater in the state. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's still a it's a it's a cool. Honor. It's like when the English patient wins the Oscar and everyone goes, "What?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'm excited to see if English patient is on any of our lists for 1996. It sounds like it'd be on a James list. That sounds like a James uh, yeah. movie. I 
Maybe it would be if all I've ever su- seen that movie. All super long and boring and like, how the fuck did this win? Like the Weinsteins are probably in the back, like sucking someone's cock. Oh, vote for it. No, they no, they just they just market to old people who don't know any better. It's like oh, so it's, the Academy. Okay, it's I got an it. all white cast. Like this is totally the movie I want. So uh, what we do? Uh, Zach's here. Brad's here. James is here. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Laura's leaving. Laura's leaving. Laura. She's like, I've had enough of this. And my my husband made jokes about sucking cock. Laura, I'm going. Laura to bed. was uh, 11 in 1996. Hey, so I was nine. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, Laura. Oh, wait, that doesn't make any sense. No, I know. I was picking on Laura because Laura says she hasn't aged since 25. And oh, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty then. Bye, Laura. My Good wife night. has a great butt. The, the podcasters can't see it. Yeah, exactly. And if you do see it and you That's looked at it, if any of these assholes in this room looked at it, <laughs> I gouge out their eyeballs and skull fuck them. That's why we don't. And people are always asking us, why don't we do video? Oh, wait. It's, full Metal it's Jacket. It's for your own protection. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're going to go around, say our 10 favorite films of 1996. Um, fun year. And we'll read everyone else's that they send in at the yeah, end. I'll read them at the yeah. end. Thank you to whoever sent them in. Yep. Um, are, are we ready? Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Yeah. Are we gonna jump into the time portal? Who's going first? Yeah. Zach will go first. All right, sounds wow. good. <laughs> because I think I'm gonna sweep everybody's legs. You son I'm gonna of a like bitch. just chop them off, and unless someone picked Independence Day number ten, you're like you're like down Periscope number ten, and everybody just sighs. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you. <laughs> Read the list of movies from 1996. You're like, ah, oh, that was a piece of shit, and it made like 200 million bucks. Like, wow, <laughs> it was a magical time. It was. It, it's also interesting too when you go back. There's 311 movies that were released theatrically, mm-hmm. and when you get down to like 100, it's you know five, six million. If you look at 100 the this year, it's like 40, 50 million dollars. That's how much um, how much movies make now, and how much times have changed. Yeah. It's a big um, industry. It's a huge industry. Because people have less freedom to do things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because people are talking about Batman Superman this week falling 70%. It's still going to make like 60 million bucks. 81%. Uh, that's today. Oh, or was it only today? <laughs> Just today. today. Oh, okay. Over the weekend. But, but they're also... It's funny because, you know, they made a big deal out of... And I mentioned this to Steve when I was at the at the Alamo this week uh, a couple times. And, and I mentioned the whole thing about the, the news that it dropped. You know, there was this record baking drop on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even thought about the fact that Sunday was also Easter, so yeah. of course there was a drop. And also, they include the Thursday night previews of twenty-seven million dollars into Friday. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's but, not summer. So I know. And the thing too good. is, people, it's already made like two hundred and fifty-five million bucks just here. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it'll be fine. Um, hopefully, I saw the another article that said it like it tanked in its second week in China, but then they were like, oh, by the way, a bunch of new movies came out, so that might be why. <laughs> it's like, why would you? It's, like, it's it's just such a clickbait headline. Yeah, that, oh, and I think the movie critics want superhero movies to fail so bad, and they never will because the thing is, is they tell stories that people want to see. And whether it's Deadpool that's made three hundred fifty billion, I cannot believe it's made that much money, but that's awesome. Um, people want to see that stuff. Yeah. And when studios wise up, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, Zach, you love the hateful eight, but it's easier for some people are on drugs. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is you're, what would you rather sit down an average moviegoer, a three hour long Western where people just talk in a room or a superhero spectacle? I'm going with the superhero stuff. I'm going to be honest. I'd go with the superhero one as well. It's not like, I mean, like, and honestly it comes down to like it. 
any genre takes its time to legitimize itself. Mm-hmm. Like they were people were bashing sci-fi movies for a certain point yep. with the exception of Planet of the Apes up until Star Wars came out. Yeah. yeah. And it's, then suddenly it became legitimate to make a sci-fi movie. I yeah. you know the superhero genre will break through when one of them gets nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture, Agreed. which will be Civil War. I, was just, I, I hope it's my War. joke. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I I I don't. I think people wanted Batman Superman to fail for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, you know, if, if if it fails, it, it in a way does make Marvel look bad because it brings down the whole superhero hero genre and gives people like superhero fatigue. And it also, I I disagree with that. Well, but, but what it does do, it does hurt. Uh, Warner Brothers and yes. you know the industry that they so love is just like okay so you want this to tank and Warner Brothers wants to make more movies so you're just going to keep on bringing them down and for and stuff that I I mean there's problems with the movie but I don't think it's anything that's I, thought, I, I really think and honestly I, at this point for the past year bashing Warner Brothers has become like an oh, old yeah. joke they've had, a, yeah. they've had a bad couple of years Jupiter Ascending um, like stuff like that. Like we they get it; they're Fury not Road, doing guys. so well. Yeah, but yeah, Fury Road only made like one hundred and thirty million dollars, which they, is nothing. Laugh they also it. didn't believe in that movie for exactly. a very long period of time. Because like, how long was that shelved for? A year and a half. Yeah. Um, I was saying quality yeah, I mean, wise, like I, they make good stuff. They do. Here's the thing: I, I feel like what you're actually drawing attention to is the same just general hatred for things that are popular that the internet always does. Yeah, it's. Um, it's I mean, stupid. at the same time, I will go straight back to: I think that's a bad, messy film, and I think that they talked down to the audience and they did a bunch of dumb things in making that movie. I don't think it's a good movie, and I don't think people should see it. At the same time, I like I said on Facebook the day after we did our our podcast. At this point, mocking that movie is is just superfluous. Like, there's no reason to keep making fun of it. Um, I liked it. So I'll see it again. I actually enjoyed I it my second time. I, uh, despite I, the 3D. I, <laughs> oh, you saw it in 3D the second time? Yeah, it was cardboard cutout Oh, okay. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it three times already. <laughs> nice. Man. Yeah. I, keep I mean, alive. I, I said yesterday I'd rather watch that than watch the, the two-and-a-half-minute trailer for Angry Birds. So, yeah. Man, it's so yeah. bad. Yeah, but we're just saying that because we love movies, and everybody has a different taste in film. Um, I'm interested to see this list. I'm sure a lot of the same movies might pop up on this list. Probably. Um, you know, James has already mentioned Down Periscope. So oh, yeah, we're all going to have Down Periscope on our list. I forgot that movie existed. and um, My uh, my my mom loves Down Periscope. Does she really? Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but... You know, 96 was an interesting time. I actually think it's a time when movies started becoming um, way more reliant on special effects, and that mm-hmm. drove the film. And, I mean, you can look at a film. I won't say that. I shouldn't say it because it might be on someone's list. But, it um, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's – and you look at it now, some of those movies, and some of the effects still hold up. But some of them look really bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's some the, the artists we're learning. I'm not taking away from the artists. Oh, yeah. What they had at that time, I think, is in, very impressive. So, I mean, I've I've got movies on my list that are using you know new cutting edge CG special effects, and then I've got movies that are using like they're still using sort of that transparent you know composite kind of yeah, effect to get it's, stuff it's done. That and it, era you know, in Hollywood where they're transitioning and the transitioning yeah. is not very smooth. Right. I mean, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago when I watched Blade. I think it came out in 98. Mm-hmm. And there's some CG in that. It's just awful. Like, I don't know why they CGI'd him doing flips. And there's there's still some CG in these movies that I'm like, that looks really good. Yeah. Like, I told, like, hey, 
there's a movie on my list, and the sequels to that movie have worse CG than this one does. Yeah. So, by cool. far. This so, is the year that I started kind of like paying attention to movies. Like, yeah. really becoming a like, yeah. film fan. You know, when you sent me uh, We Should Do 96, I was like, I'm like, oh man, I've seen a lot of movies from 1996. Mm-hmm. A lot. I mean, I yeah. my number 10, I think, is like 230th on the list. So and it's uh, it's interesting because like the as I was looking through the list and as I was making my list, this is one of the most like passion based lists that we've ever, that I've ever done for one of these. Mm-hmm. Where it's a lot. There's a lot of movies on here that are like movies that I love or that I grew up with or that I remember seeing in theaters, and they're not necessarily the best movies mm-hmm. that you know that were made that year. Uh, or the most artsy movies, um, because it's a year full of a lot of stuff like that. I, as I look down the list of things that are potentially yeah. on that list, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, is Broken Arrow on my list? No. But do I love the hell out of some Broken Arrow? Yeah, that movie is dumb and stupid and fun. I think that's what, you know, Brad's saying. You know, pay attention to those movies. And I remember going to the theater to see a lot of these movies. A yeah. lot of them. I think I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And, uh, this is know- the first year I kept a ticket. Yeah. No, really. So, so it's yeah. it's interesting. Ha, um, I have tickets older than this because I can't pinpoint the exact moment I loved movies, but it's right around this time. Yeah. Like I've always liked them, yeah. but this is when I really started loving film. Um, Did you guys look at 2006 at all? Hmm. No. Because I I know we didn't suggest it, but like this one, I kind of struggled to get to 10. But 2006 is like, it? Is that the next I, one we should do? Well, yeah, it's, we should do, like, every year just, like, the yeah. 10 and 30 and everything. But, like, that's one where, like, I couldn't believe how hard it would be to trim it down to 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to. I'm sure there's yeah. um, something coming up in the summer months when they have, you know, a couple of weeks off when there's tentpole movies. So Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. All so, right, well, Zach, we'll, let's jump in. What's your number 10 film from 1996? My number 10 film from 1996 is an epic, rip-roaring, rock'em, sock'em adventure. Uh, oh, wait. It's Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every year, Hollywood makes hundreds of movies. This is one of them. Gramercy Pictures invites you to the first big screen adventure of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You hit something. You killed the Hubble. At last, the crew aboard the Satellite of Love can tell jokes without a censor. I'm a naughty boy. Naughty, naughty. And boldly go where no man or robot has gone before. Hey, I'm experiencing a sensation altogether new to me, and frankly, I love it. Watch the gang from Mystery Science Theater as they watch the science fiction classic, This Island Earth. Captain's log, I've lost my toupee and girdle and I can't leave my room. The supreme excitement of our time. Yes, very See sights never before dreamed by man. Why'd they put the toilet in the middle of the room? Where captive earth people fight for their lives. Oh, I'm very vulnerable there. Oh, there go the piano lessons. Two and a half years in the making. Oh, no. Tinkerbell's going down. Pull up, Tinkerbell. (laughs) Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie from MCA Universal Home Video. Um, This was the... So it's... 
essentially an elongated version of the show. This Island Earth. This Island Earth, which they actually cut down a bunch a of lot. This Island Earth. Yeah, like, a lot of This it. Island Earth fans hate that movie so much. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> This Island Earth is not necessarily a bad movie. Yeah. But they... Um, what I love about it is actually the um, puppeteer work and the interstitials in between the riffing itself. They made it look cinematic. They gave it some form of legitimacy. And um, it also has one of my favorite uh, Crow T robot bits with uh, him trying to dig his way out of the satellite of love and the going pickaxe. like, it's a long yeah. way to Tipperary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned on Facebook today you're watching the one with Alien from L.A. Yeah. And the- that's probably my favorite episode. Because they, I, I put on Facebook, he says, wow, that sign really seduces me to buying a hamburger. <laughs> and the sign literally says hamburger, and it's like this really horrible picture of a hamburger. <laughs> and then it's with Kathy Ireland, and so it's like halfway through the episode, they come out, and Servo's wearing a wig. And he says, uh, he's, he's like, Kathy, Kathy, my soprano lassie. <laughs> and then Servo has to sing, and he goes, Mikey, oh, Mikey, no, do it in the voice. Mikey, oh, Mikey, is you that I likey. <laughs> it's really awesome, and it's probably my favorite episode of that. It's uh, my favorite line in that in that particular episode is, uh, "Dear, dear mom, go on and Globus cast me in their new movie. They're giving me fifty five dollars." But the, the film is pretty fun. Um, yeah, I would, I wouldn't say This Island Earth is a good movie, but I'd say it's not, yeah, on par with the movies I usually make fun of. But. Yeah. Uh, I remember enjoying that film. It's, um, it's probably on its own better than, like, Mitchell. <laughs> Joe Don Baker is and the, Mitchell. And that's one of the first movies I saw in an art house theater. Really? Because it never played in the big ones. I yeah. think I saw it at the Esquire. Yeah, they, oh. they didn't get a large theatrical release no. for it, which was why I was kind of toying with it. I'm like, did, I had to look it up and make sure it grossed in the year. <laughs> No, it counts. It totally yeah, counts. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad you put that on my list because it was. I I feel like I love NST3K more than I love like that specific one. And that was my introduction yeah. to it. Was this mm. movie? Oh, see, I I my my dad and brother like really liked that when I was growing up, and so I I watched a lot of it. Nice. Um, yeah, I didn't like. I don't know that I ever thought it was funny until I like started revisiting it in my teens. Um, yeah. In in fact, we, we watched it so much that when I when I first watched Planet of the Apes with my dad and my brother, um, the early parts of that movie where they're just climbing through a desert mm-hmm. trying to get to where there's apes, uh, we got really bored, and my brother went and got cardboard and cut out <laughs> Tom Servo and Crow and a human out of black cardboard and taped it to our TV, and it was on our, my parents' TV for ten years. Um, so like any time we watched a movie, there was the MST three K guys on our TV. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That's so cool. Good pick. But yeah. Cool. cool. Bren? My turn? I guess James is hosting the show, so yeah, your turn, Brad. <laughs> I, oh, man. <laughs> Shit. I'll wait for Ryan's to I, I, you uh, know. Brad, you may choose uh, your 10th film from 1996. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Um, like I said before, I couldn't really get to a good 10. No? So uh, I just so, put a... So, Children of Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just started picking movies from other <laughs> Movies years. that I like yeah. with the number six in them. No, uh, my bottom two slots I just filled with Van Damme movies, and nice. the tenth one I chose to be Maximum Risk. <laughs> if you're playing this tape, then I'm already dead. You are my only hope. They're watching. They're waiting. Take the money, the list, and the gun. And when you shoot, shoot to kill. 
if somebody killed him, it was strength to come home. This is just the beginning. I've seen it before. I won't stop until you're dead, too. From internationally acclaimed action director Ringo Lam, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Natasha Henstridge of Species. Maximum Risk. Welcome to the other side of safe. Co-starring Natasha Henstridge from yeah. Alien. Yeah, I mean, oh, this yeah, it's, it's, it means I know what your number awesome. eight is or your number nine is. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen it once, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a Van Damme movie, and uh, it came out this year. Where does it rank in the like Van Damme uh, it's, pantheon? It's pretty. Yes, it's pretty in the middle. Like, mm-hmm. it's All not right. straight to video bad, but it's um, you know, it's he just. He seems bored in it. I remember watching it. I was like, eh, he's... I'm trying to re- really remember the plot. Like, yeah, he's... I don't remember it all. Because, yeah, Natasha Tendridge, like, she has, like, access to something and, like... It seems like it was a vehicle for her because she was hot yeah. coming off of Species. And they're like, oh, let's pair her up with, you know, Van Damme because Van Damme's an action star and we'll make them kind of co-stars and just meh. I'm trying to remember. I think he, like, he plays a twin in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, he has this brother who looks like himself. And like I remember the part he's in the bank vault and he's trying to get the uh um the money or whatever and there's like a recorded message from his like twin and then he like takes over his identity or something. I don't know. Oh, so he plays his twin, like his twin's not played by Danny DeVito or something? Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh a policeman takes a swim brother's place and inherits his problems and a beautiful girlfriend. Whoa. Oh, he is right. forced to kickbox his way through France to the USA and back <laughs> while while playing footsie with the FBI and Russian mafia, not just muscles with a badge, the policeman must find his answers. Yeah, what he said. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I mean, uh, it, it was one of like the like the production value is pretty high, so there's some decent action and stunts and whatnot. But overall, yeah, the story is kind of like it's very slow and quiet, and I, I think I fell asleep a couple times trying to watch it. And it features cool. the quote: "This isn't your lucky day." This is not your lucky day. Tell your boss to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go, guys. Maximum risk. Yep. That sounds like a winner. Yep. Number 10. <laughs> Top 10 of or 1996. One of the best films. One of the best films. Better than the English Patient. Better than yes. Down Periscope. <laughs> it is better than English Patient. If I want a two and a half hour nap with ambient noise, it's the English Patient. <laughs> uh... I'll go. Um, my number 10 barely made uh, money at the box office. It made a million dollars. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised when, um, and this isn't a great movie, by the way. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised when I got an update through Scream Factory that this is going to be one of their releases in July. This movie is called Bad Moon. A house on the edge of the woods. Out here it's safe and peaceful. A family alone. Mom? Yes, sweetheart? Can you leave the door open a crack? A favorite uncle who needed their help. Things haven't been going so good for me since I got back to this. Come stay with us. But when they invited him in... I think I better keep my eye on you. They let in something they could never imagine. Or ever escape. Oh, <laughs> 
to be Halloween to be this scary. And Bad Moon is this totally badass werewolf movie that's maybe an hour and 15 minutes long. <laughs> and it stars that... Remember that little boy from Dennis the Menace? Uh, yeah. So he's in it with his dog. And his the movie opens with his uncle... But you don't know it's his uncle yet. But he, this dude's like fucking Mason this Gamble, huh? Mason Gamble, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, this dude's like fucking this hot chick, and it's it's like really like explicit sex. And then all of a sudden, this werewolf like rips her in half, and then bites his like right here, and so he shoots and kills the werewolf, and the head Wait, did explodes. The, and did the sex lady turn into a werewolf? No, because she gets ripped in into... half. Oh, so the werewolf uh, yeah, comes, comes upon and, yeah, the sexers, th- them in a tent. Okay, and. Rips her in the half. Can smell sex. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> with his heightened werewolf smell sense. So, so the uncle is now the werewolf, and it's like oh. this. Like uh, he moves in with uh, on his sister's property. I think it's uh, Meryl Hemingway. I want to say is in the movie. I haven't seen it in a while. Is, does CCR have the end credits theme song? It should, but <laughs> I think uh, American Werewolf in London has that monopoly. <laughs> Um, oh, cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah. You haven't seen American Werewolf in no. London? You should really see American Werewolf in London. Um, so anyways, like the effects are really badass because it's all practical. And when he, except when he turns into the werewolf and it's like that mixture I was telling you earlier, like CGI yeah. with practical and it's not quite as good. But the werewolf itself is awesome um, because he's super big and his face is all animatronic and it's super violent. And it, like I said, it's like an hour and 15 minutes uh, because I was reading that they cut tons of footage out. And I'm hoping that Scream Factory is going to be able to find all that footage and put it in. It's a cool-looking poster. Oh, yeah, dude, the poster's badass. That is awesome. Um, So you'll be able to purchase that from Scream Factory. I think it's July 10th. Um, But, yeah, if you like werewolf movies, this one's pretty sweet. Um, Because, like I said, it's literally an hour and 15 minutes, and it's a werewolf killing people. Yeah, it's Mariel Hemingway. (laughs) Mariel Hemingway, see, yeah. I was like, oh, how do I know that name? Oh, yeah, Manhattan. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think Michael Perry plays the werewolf is that right? Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in it, though. He has, like, this really, like, um, he seems like a cool guy until he's not because he's an evil werewolf. And the dog in it fights the werewolf in, like, the yard at one point. It's pretty badass. Cool. How does the werewolf not just immediately just shred the dog? Because uh, it's a German shepherd. I don't know. I don't remember. I know there's a sweet scene where, like... I'm just saying, he rips a girl in half, like, yeah. right away. like, And he rips, like... Uh, like a camper's head off in it. It's pretty awesome. There's lots of blood and guts. Cool. So yeah, Bad Moon. Cool. I feel like werewolf movies definitely see it. <laughs> As good or better than Silver Bullet? Better than Silver Bullet. Ooh. Because Silver Bullet's really campy. Yeah. This one's pretty straightforward horror. <laughs> nice. Cool. My number 10? Yep. My number yes. 10. Uh, so my number 10 is, um, like I was alluding to before, this is definitely one of those movies that I adored as a kid. Uh, I had the video game version of it, uh, which isn't really much like the movie at all, other than it's got some the cool Goonies puzzles too? in it. Nope. Uh, but you're getting close. Sort of. Not really. You're not really close. Um, <laughs> so my number 10 is Muppet Treasure Island. Centuries ago. A legendary treasure was buried on a remote island. And there's only one living soul daring enough to find it. Hello, everyone. Captain Abraham Smollett is taking command. This voyage has begun. To wherever the wind may take us. Hurry, Rizzo! I'm going as fast as I can. But there's trouble afoot. Beware the one-legged man. <laughs> He's the one to fear. 
Long John Silver. At your service. One leg, Jim. Count them one. Now, the captain is being pursued by pirates. Pirates? We're sailing for buried treasure. We're gonna be rich. We're gonna be dead. <laughs> Surrounded by danger. Terrific. Captured by crazed wild pigs and sacrificed hideously before a pagan altar. Are we lucky or what? And haunted by his past. Bonsoir, mes amis. Uh, old girlfriend. We got cabin fever. We lost what sense we had. We got cabin fever. We're all going mad. Walt Disney Pictures presents from Jim Henson Productions, a classic tale of ships coming in. Who hired this crew? And luck running out. Get the treasure. Let's torture the rat. No more, Miss Nice Guy. Cool. Muppet Treasure Island. I'm starting to worry about this voyage. You got cabin fever, James? Uh, yes. Is there a video game in this? Uh, yes, there was. It's like this weird part adventure game, part puzzle game. It's probably um, on PC. We're Nintendo guys. We yeah, it was totally a PC game. Yeah. Uh, at one point, you get dropped into like a bucket of manure, and they give you a sponge, and you have to clean off the screen. Like it's just it's weird stuff. When 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 anyway, um, I, this is this is my favorite Muppet movie. Um, I love Tim Curry in this movie. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's your favorite one. It's I saw it in theaters, and I I just loved it growing up. Um, I always thought it was so much fun. It um, is a fun movie. I love. Yeah, it. like sailing for I have adventure. it on Blu-ray. Disney Blu-ray. It's a double feature with what's the one that came just before Christmas Hero? No, Muppets in Space. Muppet. It's I don't think it's in space. I think it's, really. I don't remember, but it's a double feature. <laughs> oh, okay. Muppets um, in Space. I remember also seeing in theaters. Maybe and I thought is. that was the one afterwards, and I hate that movie. Um, but you find out like, Gonzo, where he's from. Yeah, yeah I was probably, what, 10 when that movie came out? And I remember sitting in the theater going, I don't care, this is stupid and not funny. <laughs> like, I remember being, like... And then was, Jim was, Henson rolled over in his grave. It was like a, it was like a <laughs> foreshadow to uh, to Despicable Me, my experience in Muppet Muppets in Space. You were um, having Muppets from Space flashbacks? Yeah, right, yes, exactly. Those are worse than nom flashbacks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, uh, yeah, I, I really love Tim Curry in this movie. Uh, for me, you also have to realize I didn't, I hadn't been exposed to, to Treasure Island yet in that, in my life. So for me, like, this is a really awesome, like, pirate adventure movie. Robert Louis Stevenson's um, rolling over in his grave now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh. That's the author. <laughs> I'm not yeah. just a movie guy. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's been in a library once and read the spine of a book. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, and yes, it's got like, it's not necessarily the best songs in a Muppet movie. Um, like, if you really asked me to rank them based on pure quality and like, what is the best of the Muppet movies, would I say this is the best one? No, but it's my favorite of them. That's, oh, Um, dude. Yeah, oh, no, no. You just heard me, that's totally fair. No, no, no. And like, like the adventure part of it is so cool too. Like at the beginning in there, and the, the guy gets the black spot, and, and it's, it's, uh, oh, it's, um, uh, uh, Connolly. It's, um, Billy Connolly. Yep, Billy Connolly. Yeah. Uh, plays, um, yeah, like, um, sh- shoot, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember, but the, he gets the black spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets the black spot and he's like, he's so terrified and he's just hamming it up, you know, surrounded by Muppets. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a fun movie. Um, 
I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. So that's my number ten. It's a it's a movie that people should like show your kids. It's with the uh, great Muppet Carol on Blu. I mean uh, Caper. Oh, is it with the, on the Muppet Caper on Blu-ray? I feel like that came before. It might have. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Anyway, check out check out Muppet Treasure Island, dude. But seriously, Tim Curry is awesome. Oh yeah, he's great oh, in the film. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, number nine. You're gonna love my Treasure Island. <laughs> I didn't say Christopher Walken. Um, that's Doctor Frankenfurter. Uh, that 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 sounded like Christopher Walken. Fuck you, James. You gonna love my nuts? <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, let me ask you guys a question. Does anybody here really were they MTV kids growing up? No, I was. I didn't think I was allowed to watch MTV. Okay, neither was I. And so this film I didn't get to see until I was much older, but it became a repeat watch to where I've seen it at least a hundred times. And my number nine film is Beavis and Butthead to America. In cooperation with authorities, we request your assistance in apprehending America's two most wanted fugitives. Sketch artists have prepared the following likenesses. Uh. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead hit the road. To seek their fortune. I want to watch TV. <laughs> Find romance. Can I help you with that? I love you. Come to Buckhead. You got two seconds. Is that gonna be enough time? Win fame. I am going on you. These are the most dangerous men in America. I want these faces in front of every fed and two-bit sheriff within a thousand miles. Get the hell out of the cockpit! You're fed. And do <laughs> an entire nation. Whoa, TV. I think I found the remote. That's amazing! <laughs> this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. You want to see something really cool? Fuck <laughs> it. I'm gonna bark with chicks. <laughs> In an adventure too big for your television. Did we miss Baywatch? No. Beavis and Butthead do America. I extend my deepest thanks. <laughs> he said extend. We are going to have the weirdest set of films. <laughs> Brad just laughed when that was announced. No, I, I was so sure you were going to say Joe's apartment. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess wow. that came out too. Oh, my goodness. That's right. <laughs> I, I I toyed with putting that putting that or yeah, he still has eight more to go. It could be could be another one. Yeah, it, could, it, it could be. You never know. <laughs> it could be. Number one is Joe's apartment. Um, cool. Uh, no. Um. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America is the story of Beavis and Butthead trying to find their television set that's been stolen from them by like by two robbers, but then they end up going on this epic quest to find to. Uh, I guess it was to it was essentially just uh, to there was a tracking device. That Bill Bruce Willis and Demi Moore are in the movie, and they give a tracking device to Beavis and Butthead that's like part of a spy program that they're trying to sell off to a cartel. And it's just Beavis and Butthead going across the country trying to deliver it also that they can get laid and also get a television sure. and also get all these things. It is endlessly quotable right down to um, the some of the greatest Cornholio bits that you'll ever hear from a Beavis and Butthead situation. Um, and there's an interaction where, um, 
buttheads on a plane. Um, and um, Cloris Leachman plays this old lady, and she gives him um, horse she tranquilizers. She plays an old lady. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she born an old lady? <laughs> I know, right? You, you would think. But... Actually, she's pretty smoking hot in uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Oh. She plays like this starlet in it. I was like, whoa, that's Cloris Leachman? Oh, boing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. that I just really wanted to offend James's mother at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So that 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 was for you, Carol. What do I have to do? What else do I have to do? She literally, as I was leaving, kind of, I watched a movie with her today, and as I was leaving, she was like, "I'm so excited! I really love film explosions." So thanks for that, Ryan. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't mention any horse raping, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, getting back to doing America. Uh, Getting back to doing America instead of horses. Um, The uh, uh, the 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 key thing that I love about this film actually is the soundtrack. Really? Um, it's actually a very interesting, eclectic mm-hmm. soundtrack mix. And it's also technically Rob Zombie's directorial debut because he directed the animated sequence oh. where Beavis and Butthead trip out um, to um, Rat Fink's Suicide Tanks and Cannibal uh, cannibal Rats. Yeah, I think I'm sure the there's the uh, women being assaulted in it, too. Oh, There pshaw. was not. There is not. But <laughs> kidding. That's my Rob Zombie dig. <laughs> Unless his wife's in it, then, you know. Hands off. Yeah. Right. But, um... I'm such a dick. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm Rob gonna kill you, Ryan. In my Dracula! <laughs> so, I, I, I'm full of Rob Zombie jokes, guys. Right. You're gonna be a living dead girl. <laughs> <laughs> my living dead girl. So, now. so, Zach, if I've never watched any Beavis and Butthead, should I go watch New America? Yes. Absolutely. My dad, you don't, my you dad don't, loves Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you don't have to be... I, I get that for me. Like, do, oh, am oh, for, I, do oh, you, you think if I, like, I like Mike Judge. If, if I go watch it, am I gonna really like it? it? Yeah, and if anything, it'll be a good entry point into what Beavis and Butthead is. Alright. Because, like, the, the show is non-linear, there's no connection or anything, it's just shorts and sketches and yeah. music video commentary. The movie, what they do is they take the, they take the generational attitude of what Mike Judge supposes this generation is idea, and puts fall. it into a situation that's far Back beyond their TV. reach. Sure. And I think that that I I get my speaks TV. for itself in terms of what kind of film it is. It's actually very smart satire on that current generation at that current moment. Cool. Um, and also it has the, the precursor to Hank Hill going, ain't you do the, ain't you two the fellas that have been whacking off in my tool shed? <laughs> uh, so Great. I love, I love it. Beavis and Butthead do America. Right cool. Very cool. So my dad loves that movie too. He loves Beavis and Butthead. That's pretty funny. I mean, <laughs> interesting. Maybe I'll check it out. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know what's coming up. So, my are we number gonna nine? Find what we're can can for? I can I tell you what your number nine is? <laughs> no, no, no. I got to set it up. <laughs> okay, let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is so, all I have. So, my number nine is a uh, globe-trotting art film <laughs> called The Horse Rapist. Nay. <laughs> 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 No, it's Play the trailer. <laughs> no, my number nine, uh, as I alluded to before, is another Van Damme movie. It is a globe-trotting movie. Um, it's called The Quest. When did you learn a fight like that? It was long ago. On the run from the law. Check the cargo. It's here somewhere. Move it. Captured by gunrunners. A story. You work for us. Put him in chains. Who the hell is that? 
What's your name, son? Christopher Dubois. Mine stops. Your stops. Hurry up, man. Sold into slavery. Chris Dubois, the United States of America, the best fighter I've ever seen. Be ready at all times. You will learn that. He wouldn't give up until he found a way to win back his honor. The best fighters will meet to compete in the Lost City for a dragon made of solid gold. I tell you what, you get us to the Lost City, and I'll make sure that we come back with the gold. Here in the Lost City, we greet our first hero. The Quest. Does he find what he's looking for? In a way, yes. Um, he's looking for love and a place where he can really settle down. You watched this one recently, though, right? Uh, actually, uh, it was when you were doing your. It was like a year ago when you were doing your Van Yeah, like a year ago. Off, but yeah. um, literally right now, the how this get made. Like they picked that as their how yeah. this get made for this week. So I'm recounting that. it. Um, so I can I can actually describe it without looking up the the plot synopsis. <laughs> Which, um, which I don't even think you could do after you watched it a year ago. Because <laughs> the ending literally cops out. Uh, <laughs> so it starts out, Van Damme is this uh, street clown um, in France, I believe. and um, Where mimes are usually at. Yeah. Uh, he's walking around stilts, and then uh, he's trying to, like, get money to feed all the homeless children in the neighborhood. And then he gets uh, kind of... He, he commits a crime. I think he steals is what happens, but... Um, the crime gets over exaggerated. I think like a police officer dies. He throws a rock accident. at a helicopter and the whole, and the police officer dies. Yeah. Something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Rambo style. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes on the run, uh, falls into a, a cargo ship, uh, wakes up. He gets enslaved by Roger Moore and his outfit. And then <laughs> Roger Moore's in it. Yeah. yeah. I you know, I always forget that Roger Moore is still alive. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> the term enslaved by Roger Moore should be in every pitch line for every movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a story on the ship. He's enslaved, has to do all this work. Then, uh, Roger Moore drops him off at this Island where they train fighters. Um, and then, uh, he makes the deal. Then Van Damme trains with these guys for a while. Then eventually like escapes and then runs into Roger Moore, and like Roger Moore is actually like this con artist the whole time. So he goes from like the slave trade to other rackets. Then they, they meet up uh, in some fancy place, and then Vietnam's like, "Look, um, if you can get me back to my home, you know, I'll go fight in this tournament, and you know, you you can keep the gold and everything, but I get to go home, or whatever." So they make some kind of deal like that, and then it's basically blood sport from then on out <laughs> he fights a bunch of you know nice. ethnic stereotypes and uh yeah i love the idea that roger moore is playing roger moore uh, so that's what <laughs> i don't believe. he's like colonel something or another no 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 he's, he's just a retired he's just retired roger moore he's actually james bond right. but like yes. after he's kicked out of the mi6 right yeah and now he's a slave trading con artist yep Awesome. And, yeah, that's the quest. And it's really fucking long. <laughs> and, and really boring at parts. But totally worthy of being one of the top ten of 1996. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of the fights are badass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. It takes a while to get there. There's something redeeming there. Yeah. Oh, and then the end, um, because the female shoehorn character in the movie, uh, she's a reporter like Bloodsport, and she's trying to write a story on this quest, this a tournament or whatever, so she's following him along, and then 
after uh, Van Damme wins it, you know, it starts out he's really old in this bar and he's like relaying the story to the bartender and then it, you know, flashes back to the story you watch where he's young. But then when it's done, it cuts back to the bar and um, he flips the book over, which apparently, according to how this get made, it's like it ends at the beginning. <laughs> so he's been reading it backwards oh. or something <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Um, but it's like she wrote what she saw in his first person point of view. So he's reading her words of his account <laughs> of what happened. Her interp- he's reading her interpretation of what he did yeah. in the story. Yeah, Nice. In Funny. his voice. Good for him. Yeah. Maybe she's a better storyteller. And, and the, the summary is, I went home and the kids, they did all right. And uh, <laughs> they did all right. the woman went on to report on other things. I forget what the third thing was, but it's just like so like wrapped so like up stand like that. Just like Stand By Me where it's people walking and yeah. they fade away. <laughs> but much quicker and much <laughs> much more convenient. <laughs> Sounds like it's more apathetic too. Yeah. <laughs> the kids, they did all right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like yeah, spoilers, he doesn't get the gold dragon at the end. But and that was like the whole point was to get the, yeah. Wait, the the point was to get the whole the gold dragon and not to not be a slave anymore. Uh, well, yeah, not in so he he gets to not be a slave, but he he goes back. To, oh, okay. To help homeless children, but he has no money, so <laughs> don't know how that turned out. They tur- I don't know how they turned out fine. Maybe yeah. he gave him magic tricks. Yeah, they just brighten their day. <laughs> that was good. Turned out they didn't want magic. They just wanted food and water. <laughs> you just make quarters appear from behind their ears. <laughs> That's a, a Burt Wonderstone yeah. recall. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Ryan, your number nine. Uh, my number nine is a buddy comedy. Uh, when I was in high school, I hated everyone. I was like, yeah, you look just like Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, so you're Chris Farley. Uh, they can't see it. Um, <laughs> but uh, in all honesty, uh, he is a brilliant comedian. Uh, was and I still enjoy his movies, even if this one isn't as well loved as Tommy Boy. I still think Black Sheep is a pretty funny movie. Al Donald. Must be the next governor of Washington State. All the way to the Capitol! There's only one small problem. His brother, Mike. What the hell is a marquee doing here? His heart is in the right place. Ah! Unfortunately, the rest of him never is. Oh my God! You've got to keep this bozo under wraps. So now they have to find someone. That I am your man. To keep him under control. Okay, good first day. I want you to do exactly as I tell you. Yeah, okay, keep talking. I know a place way outside of town. Bug bags. I got dibs on tap. (laughs) Okay. I got dibs on top, Bug. Shut up! So what do you want to do today? No, 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 no! What's that black thing? Whoa! Ah! What are you doing? Give these guys my belt! Boy, I feel like a horse's patoot. Paramount Pictures presents... Are you or are you not the black angel of death? Chris Farley. Power to the people! God, I'm a dead man. David Spade. Hey, gang. Is there an opening convention in town? The 
nitrous oxide's leaking into the car. <laughs> In a new comedy from the director of Wayne's World. Check this out. This whole fridge is held up here just by this plug. <laughs> Black sheep. You okay? I'm just dandy. I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. We didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. There's one in every family. The way Farley is on screen is I could never... I couldn't do it, and I know nobody else could ever replicate the enthusiasm and the manic way he acts... Because it's it blows your mind. One of my favorite bits in the whole movie. And so the, the movie is is he's the young dumb brother of a guy who's running for mayor of this city, and so they want to get him out of the way because he's a political liability. So they did that fuck it up. No, no, no. Okay, so they uh, so they send him out into like this rural c- county to vote for his brother, and he's at the top of this mountain, and he has a pamphlet to vote for Mike Donnelly, and he says. Every vote counts. And so he starts walking and then he falls down the mountain and he rolls for like three minutes. And then halfway down, he grabs this like little root. He's like, oh, precious root, please stay strong. And it breaks. And he keeps on rolling. And it's like another two minutes and he gets to the end and he pops up only how Chris Farley can that super quick. And his hair is all standing up and he looks back all the way at the top of the mountain and goes, what in the hell was that all about? <laughs> and he just throws a pamphlet in the the mailbox all crinkled up. Um, yeah, it's just a stupid movie, but it's still really funny. Is David um, Spade in this yeah, one too? David okay. Spade is a guy who's trying to keep Farley out of trouble. Um, I mean, there's so many like classic Spade and Farley play so well together. Um, <laughs> David Spade gets like hosed with this fire extinguisher from these like bully kids in this neighborhood. And he comes back and Farley sees him and says, Hey man, what happened? You fall in some mud or something? said, yeah, I fell in some mud. I'm going to be really rich, too, because I'm the only person in the world who knows where you can find white mud. <laughs> Stupid. But, uh, it's, it's just dumb. And, I mean, then he goes to – he gets on to MTV Rock the Vote, and Chris Farley's trying to rally him up, and they think that he's Mike Donnelly, you know, running for mayor. So he goes out there, and he says, let me tell you something. If Mike Donnelly kicks ass – and voting kicks ass. Then you got some kick-ass shit. <laughs> it's just totally stupid. Um, it's it's a funny movie. I love it. I still watch it all the time. Just because, you know, sometimes you just need to laugh. Yeah. And that's my number nine movie. Am I the only one who's seen Black Sheep? I've seen it. It's not in a while. I've never, I've never seen Black Sheep. <laughs> I didn't see Tommy Boy until like about three years ago, so wow. I don't think I've ever heard see, of he's Black Sheep. He's great in Tommy Boy. Yeah. I, I think he's a great actor, so. Um, I love Chris Farley. Yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. I don't <laughs> like the laugh. The laugh? I know I don't I don't like to laugh. Oh yeah, I know. You're <laughs> sad man. <laughs> I don't know. So that's my number nine. Cool. Black sheep. James? I just love how you said that. I don't like to laugh. Yeah. Uh my number nine is also a buddy comedy. No. Uh my number nine is not a great film, but another one that I really enjoyed uh and still really enjoy. Uh my number nine is Dragonheart. One thousand years ago. There lived a man of honor and a creature of legend. He's the greatest dragon slayer that is. I personally have seen him slay almost two dragons. I haven't had this sort of challenge in some time. Nor likely to again. They were 
two sworn enemies. How do you like the right sofa? I will rid the world of every last one of you. I am the last one. If you win, you'll be out of work. Who formed an extraordinary alliance. I hope you like it well done. This knight is no dragon slayer. We made a bargain, remember? One dragon put down, one bag of gold. Well done, Brian. It's even bigger than the last one. Actually, it's about the same size. This time, I'll collect the money, and you can die. But when the forces of evil threaten the land... In your kingdom, mine, and there are worse fates than death. Father! They found there is no honor... Men like you give people courage and hope. ...without risk. I wanted to lie! And no friendship... For I ain't to die, you must destroy me. ...without sacrifice. I go to save the dragon! Who will go with me? Universal Pictures presents a motion picture that will make you believe. Dragonheart. I'm not going to stop until every last one of you is dead. I am the last one. <laughs> I knew somebody else knew that line. That's all I remember from that's that the, movie. That's the only line anyone quotes from that movie. Yeah, that's the only line I no, remember I, from it. I know a lot of lines from that movie. Oh, but, uh, but, but I've, I watched that kid like, or I watched that movie probably 10 or 12 times a year. I always thought I the poster was cool. Yeah. Uh, the score is cool. This is one where, the majority of the special effects in this movie still look pretty good and look better than any of the sequels that came after it. Um, there, there's, you know, there's, the dragon looks a little waxy from time to time, but, uh, but as a kid, like, again, this was a really fun adventure movie. Um, I loved Dennis Quaid. Uh, I, I really like Sean Connery as a fucking dragon. Um, and it was just, it was just fun. I, I don't know. I I I still really enjoy this movie and like like the, especially some of the some of the really sweet little scenes with just Dennis Quaid talking to a dragon where he's like sitting around a fireplace and talking about like you know how tough it is to watch your dreams die and you're just like oh man and I'm like a kid you know I'm 12 years old and I'm like yeah Dennis Quaid it is really <laughs> hard to watch your dreams die you're right. all you wanted to do was serve a great king. And every king that's ever lived has been a complete dick. Uh, and then he gets to kill some people. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah. And then a dragon turns into stars. <laughs> Which is dumb. I actually uh. saw it recently, and I'm trying to remember how. Yeah? It might have been Netflix, but mm. yeah, I totally forgot to po- talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. I- yeah, the, most of the movies, they're just running around grifting people. Yeah! <laughs> Which is kind of cool. It's yeah. like, yeah, like, the, it, it's neat that, like, he gets a dragon, and the first thing he's do- he does is, like, do we go steal some money from poor people? <laughs> so he's the opposite of Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, because when you meet Dennis Quaid's character, he's like, he's just an asshole who hates the world. So he's Hood Robin. Yeah. Yes. That's the yes. Because he's he's yeah. I'm so full of jokes today. You're man. Do exact opposite. No. Um. Anyway, I really like Dragonheart, and people should check it out. Yep. So. Cool. 
James likes dragons. I do. Dragons are neat. I know. I mean, you always mention Rain. Well, Rain of Fire is awesome. Rain of Fire is a dope movie. And then yeah. How to Train Your Dragon. That's more. Yeah. Give James a dragon and some Legos. Oh, He's a happy man. guy. Oh. Give him some dragons, yeah. some Legos, and Mountain Dew. Presents dragons. Yeah. So that's part of why <laughs> it's so Matthew confusing. Like, it's <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We feed our dragons with Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, it's it's part of why it's confusing why Game of Thrones is so bad because that movie that show's got dragons like how, Game of Thrones is how come they how come they can't make that show entertaining? What is outside? That it sounded like cannons. Is that is that Godzilla? It does sound like Godzilla. We should close the blinds. If we don't move, he can't see us. That was Godzilla, right? Yep. Oh, really loud. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll throw a book at him. I'll stop him. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but when I was uh, walking around, that it sounded like someone was shooting off a cannon. Really? Yeah. Weird. Stay inside. Weird. I saw yeah. police lights earlier. Oh <laughs> man. Maybe some country militia. Somebody's somebody's the... blowing up propane tanks in their backyard. Either way, Zach, what's your number eight? <laughs> Which is translated into my number eight is Mars Attacks. <laughs> What is that? White House is coming out live. My fellow Americans, this is a momentous occasion. It is profoundly moving to know there is intelligent life out there. Alien life. And our world will never feel quite the same again. Once you believe. Martians. Please come to Earth, please. Once you rise above fear. Annihilate! Kill! Kill! Let's not be too rash. Then you'll be invited. Hi there. Are you interested in the White House? To meet with a new people. It's so perfect that it's happening at the beginning of the new millennium. More powerful than the might of America. I'll tell you one thing. They ain't getting a TV. More advanced than the brains of Britain. Ladies and gentlemen, this could be a cultural misunderstanding. But be prepared for a few changes to what we know and love. I'm Jones, right? It ain't unusual. As we must learn to dance. Girls, get out! To a new tune. Jack Nicholson. Whoa. Why can't we all just get along? Glenn Close. Kick the crap out of them. Pierce Brosnan. What, in your view, are some of the things that the Martians can teach us, Professor? Quite a lot about Mars, I expect, Natalie. <laughs> that means I... Danny DeVito. You want to conquer the world, you're going to need lawyers, right? And Annette Bening. I think they've come to save us. From director Tim Burton. Hey, we all make mistakes, Mr. President. Mars attacks. Not anymore. We're going to take charge of this thing. I say I didn't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> I immediately knew where you were going. <laughs> you know, I signed my one list. Person got it because I hate Tim Burton. Oh no! Movie this is magic. This is good. <laughs> Wait, Mars what Attacks was that? is good. Believe in magic? No, movie magic. <laughs> I'm an artist. Um, uh, no, I, I love Mars Attacks. It's a nice little throwback to like campy 60s sci-fi. Um, the design of the aliens, oddly enough, scared the shit out of me when I was a kid oh. in the theater. 
um, looking because they showed a preview from it before a very prominent Warner Brothers kids movie, which hasn't been discussed yet. But I remember seeing the trailer and getting freaked out in the middle of the trailer by the way these yeah. aliens looked with their bulbous heads with that looks like brains and then they shoot people and they just dissolve into skeletons oh yeah they, like, they buffy that's nightmare fuel for children <laughs> oh yeah um as i got older though it just became this wacky off the wall insane comedy sci-fi film that i just still enjoy to this day i love jack nicholson's not him as the president, but him as the casino owner. Yes. <laughs> Gentlemen, there is no way that we can lose. <laughs> and, um, and I also like when the, uh, one of the Martians is sedu- trying to seduce Martin Short as the press secretary. Oh, and he takes yeah. him into that back room and then just starts biting at his finger and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun little movie. And the, the music in it is stellar because yes. it's got nice theremin music, mm-hmm. which is something that, was used in Burton's previous film, uh, Ed Wood pile of shit. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ed Wood. Ed Wood's his second best, uh, that's probably his best movie. Ed Wood's yeah. his best film. Um, followed closely by Pee Wee. Yeah. Followed very, closely by, very closely Big, by Pee Wee. By Big Fish. No, Big Fish is a piece of shit. Big Fish is his second best film. I'd put it Ed Wood, Big Fish, Big Eyes, and then Pee Wee. Oh. I, I, See? Bam! Mm hmm. Um, but, uh, anyway, no, the, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh and also just uh stellar cast and for some reason uh, uh Carter right what's yet? the name of the singer again? It's um I don't think she Tom is. Jones. That's it. Tom Jones at the end of it. You're yeah. Tom Jones. And for some reason at the end of the movie he decides to sing It's Not Unusual and all these animals come out and start like <laughs> perching right. onto his arms and oh. it's it's oh. it's crazy. I haven't seen yeah. it in twenty years. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. It's the second scariest alien movie of that year for sure. Yes. Uh, it it creeped the shit out of me. It's yeah. the first. But I really love it. We'll get to it. Will we? Yep. Mm-hmm. Feel bad for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, and everybody point, else on Earth. I genuinely feel. I genuinely feel like there are going to be forty different movies on this it list might at be. this point. Uh, that's a good choice. I I love Mars Attacks. Yeah, man, it's good. Yeah, thank you. Brad? So, so Brad's list officially starts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a accurate statement. Yeah. Um, so my number 10 is Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is the next generation of animated feature entertainment. The story centers around a life form that evolves from the internet, seeking asylum in a cybernetic human host. The semi-cybernetic team sent to counter this incredible situation are forced to question the meaning of their own lives while engaged in a non-stop, action-packed fight against an unseen enemy. Police! Everyone, hit the ground! All your memories about your wife and your daughter are false and are more like a dream. With production values exceeding the legendary Akira and a gripping storyline, this picture represents the leading edge in the new animated entertainment genre and marks a milestone in the future of feature-length animated filmmaking for young adult audiences. 
Ghost in the Shell. Released theatrically worldwide, fall 1995. No buildup. <laughs> no, there wasn't. That was just, just ripping off a Band-Aid. Yep. Yep. Because I think I'm the only one here who watches anime, so... No, I've just never seen Ghost in the Shell. Oh. Um, I can't should. wait to see Scarlett Johansson. It's hard to follow, it. but... um, What? Scarlett Johansson's filming the live action version right now. Is she yeah, gonna we'll be see. one of the like one of the naked robot ladies? Probably. Okay. No, they'll cover her up. No, dude, have you seen Under the Skin? Oh god. It's gotta be PG thirteen though. Why? So they can make money. <laughs> Otherwise no. you would just watch the original. No, uh, Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool's making everything rated R now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We'll Every, see. Everything's gonna be rated R and chock full of nudity and sex. We'll Love see if they even it. finish it. It's the seventies all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Ghost in the Shell, what's that about? Uh it's about this uh it's in the future where um, pe- people are basically cyborgs. Like, they have all these implants to make them better, like, help out with their jobs. So she's a – Kusanagi is this uh, cop who's, like, tracking down oh, – what was his name? There's some kind of cyber terrorist. Jeff. Um, yes, Jeff. Cyrus the Virus. Uh, it's like the man with no face or something. I, the faceless man. Okay. That sounds terrible. I haven't watched in a while, but let's say his um, name is Cyrus the Virus. The most, the most, uh, the best part about it is the animation. Um, it has these like sprawling Japanese cities, uh, and the backdrops that are like super detailed. Um, that's when anime started catching on over here. I th- I yeah, remember, like, like that Ninja Scroll. Like, yeah, really oh, I love Ninja Scroll. Did that come together out in ninety six, ninety two. I was gonna say, I guess Ninja Scroll would have been on mine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the animation, like it started to incorporate more computer graphics and stuff. So yeah, um, it's really gorgeous art. Um, the story is hard to follow, um, but the visuals are pretty stunning. So definitely an anime classic. Uh, a lot about like what it, I guess the, a lot of the the story is what it means to be human. Like what separates us from just being like this consciousness and hmm. the physical form it has like this. It's very influential. Man versus machine type stuff. I saw it once. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember the design and I remember the logo very clearly and um, the characters. Oh, the Laughing Man. That's what it was. Sorry. No, it's fine because it's so so ingrained, I think, in popular culture and so influential. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can pick their characters out anywhere. I might not know their names, but I'll know it's from Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. The visual style is pretty striking. And then there's like... The Ghost in the Shell, the new movie that came out this year. Hmm. Like, what a, like, lame subtitle. <laughs> like, the new movie. <laughs> They're like, eh, we don't want to spend the money on Ghost localizing this. <laughs> yeah, they had a sequel that came out, I think, like, in 90... Or 2006, I think, called Ghost in the Shell Innocence. And that was, like, a f- deviation from... And then it had that Adult Swim show. Well, I guess it wasn't Adult Swim. They were just playing it. But, uh, so there's different... There's more expansion on that story, but this is the first original. Kicked everything off. Stormed American anime fans. Consciousness, yeah. Cool. Ryan, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is a road trip movie. Um, I have a couple of those on this. Um, it starts off as a heist film, and then it takes this really weird detour south of the border. Um, my number... Eight film is uh, from Dusk Till Dawn. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Low profile. You understand the meaning of the words low profile? Sure. Two 
of America's most dangerous criminals have taken hostages. What is this? It's called a punch. I'm going to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Yes. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. One night is all that stands between them and freedom. This is my kind of place. But it's going to be one hell of a night. We might be in trouble. There are a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. Now, their only chance is to fight back. The, the opening of this film is uh, a, a heist movie. Um, uh, may, uh, maybe it's, or like a getaway getaway movie. movie. There yeah. we go. Um, it stars George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. They're the Gecko Brothers, and they are robbers, and they just got out of jail, something uh, like that. Yeah, or they're escaping. They're escaping. They're going to get to Mexico. Insurance salesman. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the opening of the movie is, I would say, a ta- Quentin Tarantino film. Um, uh, Tarantino wrote the script, but it's, yeah. uh, has his sensibilities where it's, you know, snappy dialogue, just them, uh, I mean, I think the opening scene in the convenience store is like 20 minutes long yeah. of them just, nah, probably not that long, but they're trying to, yeah. um, their cop shows up and they're hiding out. Um, they end up kidnapping a family full yeah, of, kidnapping or, a, a Winnebago family, Harvey Keitel and Juliette Lewis and some Asian kid. I, I love the first half of that film. Yeah. Like, um, and then it goes batshit crazy. Yep. Um, they go to a, uh, a bar where they're meeting Cheech Marin's character called the Titty Twister. And while they're there, they find out that it's actually a place where vampires feed on truckers. And, um, Selma Hayek is super gorgeous in this. I don't think she's aged a year. Um, I saw her recently. I'm like, holy cow, she looks stunning still. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, the special effects are great. It's by Greg Nicotero and KMB. Um, it's and then it goes. I mean, then it's straight Robert Rodriguez, where it's just balls to the wall, gory, over the top. Um, yeah, and, and and I think George Clooney in it is really good. Uh, one of my favorite moments actually in the film, besides at the beginning, um, it, it, there's two moments with George Clooney I love. Is after he comes back and his brother who Quentin. Quentin Tarantino plays killed their hostage who is a teacher and he's he comes up to him he's like what the fuck is wrong with you and he has this like moment with Tarantino and it's super powerful because yeah. he realizes his brother's a liability and he's this is what we do you know Clooney doesn't want to kill people if he doesn't have to um, and then yeah, I it's love- like it's like Clooney is a criminal yeah but realizes his brother is actually an evil person exactly and it's it's great because they have a moment too where they're um driving with the family and you know tarantino's looking at juliet lewis and he's imagining her he's like will you fuck me and he has to say hey, hey hey up here up here up here and there's a point where he even knocks him out because he's acting too crazy but uh, my, my favorite moment at the end is so uh they kill all the vampires and george clooney comes out and he's talking to cheech marin and he says uh 
Um, and Chichiman says, what's, what's wrong, Seth? Those guys, uh, fucking psychos or something? He's like, psychos? Do psychos explode when exposed to sunlight? No, they are vampires. <laughs> and I'm not giving you, uh, your cut. Uh, he's like, I'm only giving you 10%. 15. My brother is fucking dead. You understand me? My brother is fucking dead. 12. <laughs> it's just a, it's a really funny ending. Um, and I, yeah. I really like the film. I think it's a, it's, uh, clever. Yeah. yeah. I recently rewatched it. It still holds up really well. It's yeah. higher on my list. Is it? Yes. Yeah. First leg swept. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from Dust Till Dawn. Cool. It's a good one. Yep. My number, what are we at? Eight? Yes. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, my number eight is a, uh, a fr- it's, it's a movie I didn't see until college. Um, but I, mostly because like I, you know, I'm not a big horror movie guy. And so you look at the, co- the cover of this movie and you're like, oh, it's a really terrifying movie. But the truth is, this is a, like, a pretty fun adventure movie that probably I should have seen with my family when I was younger. Um, and it's a, it's also an early Peter Jackson film. Ooh. My number eight is The Frighteners. Almost made mine. There has been a destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but uh, it's not going to be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, in or out, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. You, you could see spirits? Emanations are normally confined in the cemetery. You cannot push spirits around! Although they do escape. And an uncanny knack. We're gonna scare the living daylights out of your parents. For making a profit off the living. We're supposed to be his business partners. Everyone says that you're a fraud, but I've seen what you can do. Give it up, Frank. Death ain't no way to make a living. But now... Some things put the fear of death in the living. What is happening to me? And send the dead yes! running for their lives. I've seen a figure in a cape. That was the soul collector. When your number's up, that's it. Frank, we got problems. All these murders that have been going on in Fairwater, they're gonna pin them on you. Pictures and Robert Zemeckis. Your next pal. And acclaimed director Peter Jackson. We don't stop till the screen starts your day. The Frighteners. Yeah, I, I remember watching this movie in college, um, and I don't remember why, like why it came up. Um, but I'm watching through this movie going like, this is awesome. Like, this is yeah. such a fun, like, funny. You know, sometimes scary, but mostly kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, kind of movie. Basically, uh, Michael J. Fox plays a guy who um, his wife is killed, and he figures out that he can he can talk to the dead, uh, and so he uses that to con people. Um, and as he's going around conning these people, he ends up running into this like um, there's this like really super evil dude who dies, and now his spirit is going around and, and killing the living and then also eating their souls in the afterlife. Um, he's got like a couple of ghost friends or at least one. Now I can't remember. Mm, it's two. Uh, yeah. It's a two. He's got a couple of ghost friends who are like this sort of slapstick kind of comedy, you know, sidekick character. Um, 
And it's it's a really fun movie. This is what I was alluding to earlier, where this is also a movie that feels very pre... Like, like there's mm-hmm. some CG here, but it's a lot of compositing, and, you know, it's it's still pretty practical. Um, and uh, and I, I, I think it looks pretty great. It's got some of that... It's kind of like if you go back and watch The Shadow, and you can tell where... Since they didn't really have CG, like there's there's cartoon elements in the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the frightening, the, or the frighteners, kind of feels like that. Um, I think Michael J. Fox is great in this movie. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, he's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I just talking about it. I want to like in putting this list together because I probably I haven't seen it in a couple years. Like it made me really want to go back and watch the frighteners. Um, so yeah, totally worth checking out. Zach. My number seven is the uh, is from two of my favorite writers of all time and one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, my number seven is The People vs. Larry Flint. You got a, a real naked woman there, okay? A beautiful girl. Thank you, Mr. Flint. Just shoot her. There's a new, darker influence in Cincinnati. If you don't like Hustle Magazine, don't read it. I don't. We're breaking taboos. How about a 50-year-old centerfold? How about The Wizard of Oz? Hustler depicts Santa Claus in a lewd and shameful manner. Decent people are being corrupted. Ohio Governor Jim Rhodes was spotted buying the infamous Jackie O issue. God Almighty will judge you. It was your intention to hold Reverend Falwell out to be a hypocrite. Well, that's what he is. You have a strong civil liberties case on your hands. Are you ashamed to have your husband locked up? I'd rather have a man that stands up for what he believes in. You're so beautiful. If you break moral laws, you reap the whirlwind. Hallelujah! Mr. Flint, is that an American flag you have on that? If you're going to treat me like a baby, I'm going to act like one. You're just taking this too far now. I've just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream weaver train. Unpopular speech is absolutely vital to the health of our nation. I'm not trying to convince you that you should like what Larry Flint does. I don't like what Larry Flint does. But what I do like is that I live in a country where you and I can make that decision for ourselves. I quit. You don't want to quit me. I'm your, your dream client. I'm the most fun. I'm rich. And I'm always in trouble. Um, if anybody doesn't know what the People vs. Larry Flint is, it's about Larry Flint, the publisher of... Penthouse. Penthouse, yes. And um, I always get it mixed up with Hustler. And um, basically chronicles how he got Penthouse started. Um, and um, also the different trials. No, he... I think it's Hustler. Yeah. It is Hustler, yeah. I think Larry Flint's Hustler. That's Hustler. Whatever, they're all the same. And you're like, he, he, he publishes a dirty magazine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, that isn't Playboy. And he gets caught up in a lot of different court cases, civil liabilities, and, uh, public, uh, what, what would you call it? Indecency? Public, public indecency. Um, just downright, like, 
anti-First Amendment situations, and his lawyer, played by Edward Norton, um, they have to kind of – they kind of team up throughout the movie going from case to case to case. Um, and at some point, something happens to Larry that causes him to become an isolation uh, – an isolated nut. Um, the most iconic part of this film is probably the fact that after this incident, he locks himself in a vault with his wife and doesn't come out for hmm. for months and uh, even years on end um until a subpoena shows up at his door again and then the police show up at his door and it becomes national news hmm. um woody harrelson is wonderful in this movie i cannot stress it enough I he think it was the first movie where you people took him seriously yeah, yeah i would absolutely agree this was and he he has a he 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 nails it from beginning to end adapting to the situations in larry flint's life where he become paralyzed and uh, talking with the voice the way that after having a stroke and just like the different like the different subtleties in his performance just really stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Edward Norton's actually really good in it, too, although his character is kind of minimal to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's directed by Milos Forman, who directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Man on the Moon, um, Amadeus. Uh, so it's got a great pedigree. If you haven't seen it, it's also and it's written by. Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, who wrote Ed Wood, Man on the Moon, um, Big Eyes. Um, so if you haven't seen it, um, and Problem Child. <laughs> and uh, so if you haven't seen it before, I don't think it's on Blu-ray, sadly. But um, it's it's probably on one of the streaming services like Amazon Prime and stuff like that. I would definitely check it out. Cool. Brad? All right. I'm going to sweep some legs with this one. Nice. My number seven is another foreign film called Rumble in the Bronx. To millions of fans around the world, he's a living legend. If you've never seen him before... It's him! Give me that gun! You've never seen action. We've got hostages! They're in a hovercraft! Call out the Coast Guard! New Line Cinema presents the action hero who does all his own stunts. Jackie Chan. In the Bronx. Yeah, so um, Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, it's not Jackie Chan's first movie, but it's the first movie that uh, I started to pay attention because uh, I think this one was the this is the one that exploded into yeah. North America. Um, it's a uh, Jackie Chan plays this guy who comes over to um, comes to New York. To help out with his friend's grocery store, um, and the area there in in the Bronx is being like harassed by gangs, and uh, so once Jackie Chan shows up, uh, you know he puts a stop to that, and the gangs get all pissed off, and so they they rumble in the Bronx <laughs> in clever choreographed fight sequences and amazing stunts that. Only Jackie Chan can do. Oh yeah, he, the way he moves is incredible. Yeah, and the way he uses his, his environment to do stuff, like to do his stunts, is just so creative. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then this uh, this crime syndicate uses the uh, the gangs to their like, their own plans. There's like three different storylines going on, and eventually the gangs that Jackie Chan was fighting realize that they can work together and help each other out, and they become friends. And that's like interesting side twist of the whole thing. He teaches them peace. He teaches them. He brings them peace, 
and then they they beat up the crime syndicate and then jackie chan pilots a hovercraft <laughs> that he breaks his ankle on yeah and he, i remember that yeah and at the very end of the movie he drives down to a golf course and squishes the crime boss <laughs> and rips off his pants wait <laughs> and then what that's the end of the movie they like high five in the aircraft. She just steals his pants. The hovercraft rolls over him and shreds his whole suit off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And they high five. <laughs> and then they show a, a reel of all like the horrible things that happened to the stunt people, <laughs> which became right. a like a uh, thing in Jackie Chan movies. Oh yeah. yeah. Always something to look forward to at the end of hell. It's the best part is Rush Hour Three. Is Rush Hour Three even a movie? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> I try to forget. It, it's real bad. Rush Hour 3 is real bad. I remember Rush Hour 2 being really great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What happened? I, that's where two. I stopped. That's where the movie stopped. Yeah, yeah, don't 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 go see Rush Hour 3. And then... It's real bad. New Line uh, was like, it. we want another one of these. We really don't have any ideas of what to do, so just make it. <laughs> <laughs> just put them back on, in front of movie? camera. Where's my movie? That's my Chris Tucker. Just send them to Paris. <laughs> put them on a green screen. We'll be fine. They'll make it up as they go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Rumble in the Bronx, it's also like hilariously overdubbed. <laughs> um, I think Jackie Chan has his own voice, but everyone else has it like American voices. Huh. I think. It's not done well. But, <laughs> but it's, it's funny in that Kung Fu way. Yeah. Right. Kung Fu film way. So yeah, Rumble in the Bronx, awesome. Very cool. Good choice. That's a good one. Uh, my number seven again is not, uh, a critical darling. But again, for me, it's what I have fun watching. And a story about a hockey player playing golf to me is funny. Uh, my number seven is Happy Gilmore. For 400 years, golf has been a gentleman's game. A game of tradition, etiquette, and above all, sportsmanship. Until now. Y'all ready for this? Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. That's my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck! Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're gonna have to sell the house to someone else. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. He discovered a new talent. The house is like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now he's going from the links. Step right up! See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. To the links. Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's going to be on the tour. That's that's super. He's got the swing. He's got the drive. He shoots, he scores! He's got the balls. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Quite a large and economically diverse crowd here at the Invitational. I guess it's the new tour sensation, Happy Gilmore. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. And while he's trying to keep Granny out of the rest home... I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. He's driving the game of golf. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Straight into the ground. Damn you people, this is golf! I'm Bob Barker. Looks like you and I are going to be playing together today. This guy sucks. All right, let's go. Universal Pictures presents Adam Sandler. The price is wrong, Bob. 
as golf's missing link. Happy Gilmore. It's just fun. And the price that, is I had wrong, no idea Bob. he was a hockey player. Yeah. That's yeah. something we always catch, like, in the middle of. Oh, you've never <laughs> yeah. seen the whole movie? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, it's, it's a really bizarre movie. It, to me, it's, uh, if I had to pick Adam Sandler humor, I think Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are, why they're so popular among Sandler fans is because it has a sense of humor where there is some kind of dark stuff in it and also stuff that's just stupid. Um, it, Ben Stiller and Ben Stiller movie. plays like a evil orderly that Happy Gilmore's grandma, like he has to put her, she loses her house, so she he puts her in this uh, retirement home and has her driving up. This like crazy lady with her makeup all over her face jumps on his car. Is like, Mister, Mister, get me out of here! And it's really <laughs> weird. And uh, so Ben Stiller comes off whenever Happy's around, as you know, like, hey, I'll take really good care of her. And I always love the part where you know it's her first day there and. Um, Happy's leaving and he says, Hey man, see that lady there? I want you to take extra special care of her. And he offers him a dollar. He's like, No, I'll take extra special care of that little lady for nothing. And, uh, Happy Gilmore's grandma says, Can I have a trouble you for a warm glass of milk? It helps me sleep. And Ben Stiller says, You can trouble me with a warm glass of shut the hell up. You're in my world now, Granny. <laughs> and then later on, it cuts to him hawking quilts on the black market. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Interstitialed with Happy trying to raise money playing golf and beating up Bob Barker and um yeah, it's funny. I don't know what else to say. It's just goofy. Huh. It's on nobody else's list? Weird. Um <laughs> It's a good movie though. No, I, I have fun watching it. Like I said, it's um just silly. And Carl Weathers is really funny in it. He plays a golfer who's uh his name's Chubbs and he's one of the greatest golfers ever until he played at the TPC Sawgrass and an alligator bit his hand off. <laughs> So Happy plays there, <laughs> and he kills the alligator, and he gives the alligator head as a gift to Chubbs, and it scares him so much that he falls out of his apartment window and dies. <laughs> you know. Wait, wait. He gives the alligator head? Yeah. So Happy goes to the same golf course where Chubbs lost his hand, and he kills the alligator. And so as a gift, he gives the oh. severed alligator head to Chubbs. Okay, he, the head. Yeah. I was with you, Brad. I was like, what the fuck? I missed that part of the movie. And then he lifts it open and it scares him so much he falls out of the window. <laughs> like dies. Um, it's just stupid Adam Sandler stuff. When his girlfriend breaks up with him, he's like singing to her in the intercom downstairs and she goes away and then it cuts and there's this like old Asian lady listening to him singing, I wanna kiss you all over. <laughs> and so, uh, he's, he buzzes her up and it's the old Asian lady. And Adam Sandler's like, Err? and so the next scene is him like running out of his house. And the Asian lady comes out with just underwear and says, Hey, you know what breakfast? So he still slept with her. <laughs> like to me, that's just like Adam Sandler goofy humor. Um, yeah, I love Happy Gilmore. Sorry, I'm still stuck on sucking off a headless alligator. I, I was like, dude, they got a cloaca. <laughs> like they don't even have external genitalia. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyways, James, what's your number seven? What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> I, I, I heard the same thing you did, Brad. I was very confused. Anyway, uh, are we my number seven? Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, num- uh, this is where shit's gonna start getting real. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting down to like the meat of 1996. Uh, so my number seven is Independence Day. Police and the fire departments are asking. It is morning. To stay off the phone. <laughs> 
You wake up. You greet your loved ones. You grab the morning paper. And although it seems like any ordinary day, it isn't. For one extraordinary reason. historic and unprecedented event has occurred. The question of whether or not we are alone in the universe has been answered. This is so cool. More ships have just arrived over India, England, and Germany. I really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to come down here and start a fight. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! They're using our own satellites against us. The clock is ticking. counteroffensive with a full nuclear strike over American soil. If we don't strike soon, there may not be much of an America left to defend. Being exterminated. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. We're looking at worldwide destruction in the next 36 hours. Oh, you can't hit nothing! of Big Willie Weekend right here. Mm-hmm. This is this is what the late 90s was about. This is a for me like actually a bit like when I meet human beings who were born after in into a world where Independence Day already exists, <laughs> I'm like I just feel old. This is where Will Smith took over Earth. God, he doesn't say that. <laughs> it's not even what he does. He saves Earth. Earth, sorry. <laughs> um yeah, I, I don't need to explain what Independence Day is, uh, but it's all. Can I, can I take a second to just say how fucking badass Brad's poster for this episode is mm-hmm. in its Independence Day theme? I wasn't sure I'd with hear the, much. With the RNP in the background in the mm-hmm. same crazy font. Oh my gosh. I was like bragging yesterday and showing it off to people. I'm like, oh, can, have you seen this shit? Look at this shit. And it's like, it. you want to suck this guy's dick? Who made this? <laughs> I did, I did that instead of doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, thank you for it. Actually, it was on my lunch break. Uh, but yeah. Uh, like, I can do that in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I, I, I still to this day remember seeing Independence Day in theaters, uh, being genuinely terrified when Bill Pullman gets attacked by the, when, you know, when the thing breaks through and it, it, it kills Brent Spiner, who apparently is still alive for the sequel. Um, and I didn't realize it was Brett Spiner until like years. Oh, like really? I watched the movie in 96 being like, God, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> Huge Star Trek fan, not putting it together. Oh my goodness. Uh, they don't let you out much. Um, that's an Independence Day joke. The, uh, 
Oh, there's jokes in that movie? Yep. <laughs> Someone say the whole movie has a joke. <laughs> you know, uh, of all of the movies that everybody loves, this is like one of my least favorite movies ever. Really? I don't think it's that good at all. Hmm. I it it's it is very much of its time. It is very much a film that like I love it now almost ironically because I but I genuinely enjoyed it when you I was a kid. You have a sweet Blu-ray coming out. I might get it. Yeah. Um just and to remind me of how much I hate the movie. <laughs> straight up Bill Pullman's speech at the end other than the fact that he should just say this is like, yeah. Other than the "this is our Independence Day" line, which I don't like, but his whole speech about like we will not go quietly into the night is still one of the best president speeches Isn't in that film. Adopting a real speech though, uh, maybe like that "go quietly into the night." Well, go go quietly into the night is from a poem. Oh. Um, but it's it's the poem that's in um, uh, the Raven. No, 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 no. Uh, it's James Dunn. It's uh, it's in uh, that the movie with Matthew McConaughey in space, Interstellar. It's the it's the Interstellar poem. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, we don't know anything about Matthew McConaughey. You Only just, you, you do, just James. saw the fun- <laughs> you, you you all saw the movie. I didn't memorize the movie. Well, I'm just saying. Or how many ripples there are in his Matthew McConaughey's abs. That's what you do, James. <laughs> uh, we we'll get to Matthew McConaughey later. He right? doesn't have a six pack. He just hold on. Pack. Just hold on. We'll get to Matthew McConaughey later. Is he um, in this year? Shh. Zach, don't say anything. Um, yeah, the speech is awesome. Yeah, the speech is awesome. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. The ending is is dumb, where they give the aliens a virus or whatever. But I don't give a shit because it's fun. Seems pretty straightforward to me. It's it's fun. It's if you know anything about programming, it's like so not possible. Like that's not how any of that works. Yeah, um, but Jeff Goldblum, right? <laughs> but like the worst person we have. What I was just gonna say is like the the. Um, the chemistry between Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith, like those two guys bouncing off each other, is really a fun. It's fun dialogue to watch, and they're they're charismatic as shit. Like it's a, it's a cool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. And you get to see like all kinds of shit blow up, which that was all stuff that felt very new. It's like they oh, cut man. to two thousand seven, and Roland Emmerich is still doing the same shit. Oh yeah, like, no, it's still it's it's super dumb now because of this movie. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. The world disaster thing. I mean, I, I'm, it I off. mean, this movie. Oh, yeah. You can't uh, deny this movie's influence on cinema, but to me, I, I don't like it. I don't. I've and never I, liked the movie. And I would say on Will Smith's career, like I think he was he was on he was gonna have a great career one way or the other, but like. This movie made him instantly a huge star. Oh, I agree. Um, and is why there was a big Willy weekend for like three or four years there. And all he needed was Wild Wild West to make it not happen <laughs> I know, right? Like, that's how bad Wild Wild West was. Sheesh. Um, but yeah, I... Plus, also, Wild Wild West. Like, that's around the time that he starts going, doing, like, Ollie, and he wants to start getting serious. So I think he wanted to get away from... Turn to Big Willy Christmas. Yeah, he didn't He didn't <laughs> want to be Big Willy anything anymore. want to be Big uh, Willy anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's my number seven. He also doesn't say Earth. Zach, what's your um, number six? My number six is a movie by Alexander Payne, the director of Election and uh, Nebraska. This was his first film. It is called Citizen Ruth. Meet Ruth Stoops. The cops know her by name. Ruth, wake up. Ruth! The judge knows her on sight. Do you know how many times you've been arrested in the last year and a half? Five. Sixteen times. You're sick of me. I'm sorry. But nobody ever really noticed her. You know you're pregnant? <sighs> Why don't you just do us all a favor and go take care of this problem? 
Now, everybody wants a piece of her. When we heard about your case, I just knew we had to help. They want to use you to send a message. Ruth Stoops, I have a couple of questions about your case. This is a private matter. Oh, no, that's it, that's it. One side is pulling from her left. There's always women like you who are most victimized by anti-choice. Third world women, women of color. I'm not a color woman. The other side is pushing from her right. God loves your baby. The baby savers are declaring a national alert. And both sides. Car! You have got the devil inside you! Will pay anything. I am holding here a check for 15 $15,000! To get their message delivered. You think you're ready to have a child? Yeah, I have four other kids and I didn't make a cent. Miramax Films presents Swoozie Kurtz, Kelly Preston, Burt Reynolds, and Laura Dern. Oh, what do I do now? Citizen Ruth. Citizen I have no idea what this is. Citizen Ruth, Ruth is about a paint... <laughs> That's a mystery science theater callback. <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> um, Citizen Ruth is... Cal, I'm in one of these boxes. Come find me. Hannah and her sisters is a movie directed by Woody Allen. <laughs> That's a real nerd's callback. Um, uh, Citizen Ruth is about a paint-huffing slacker who gets pregnant. And she gets dragged into the debate of, uh, pro-abortion versus anti-abortion. Um, it's a really dark, dark comedy, much in the, much like election. If you've seen election, you kind of know how far it can go. Sure. Um, and, um. <laughs> Are you just watching you really? that scene to see if that it's a awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh, Earth. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, Ryan, right now I'm playing it for everybody else at home, too, so they can hear all the articulation. It, you know, he does. I was wrong. Maybe that's just the DVD version, and in yeah. theater, he <laughs> says it. Thank you. And they're like, oh, shit, we oh, didn't correct no. this before we put it out. We've, we've, birthed, we've birthed this whole conspiracy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, Zach. No, uh, it's okay. This is way just, better than just talking about Citizen Ruth. <laughs> we just had to clean up 10 or 15 years of racism. 20, 20 shit. It wasn't being racist. Man. I just said he didn't say it right. No, you're not the only person who like just assumed that a black man is going to say Earth. I did not assume. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so Citizen Ruth is the story of, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a dark comedy that kind of plays on the uh, on the uh, the, the whole pain. abortion debate. Um, in <laughs> catch up. No, I'm not saying because he did election and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's he all he election. that's all he does. Right. Yeah, because uh, it it it's it's Laura Dern's. It's my favorite Laura Dern performance. Cool. Um, just the way she handles herself is kind of like a. I'd say Jurassic Park three, but we each have our own. <laughs> really over th- over the first one. <laughs> well, she's, got, she's doing she's is got yelling kids on a phone in the third one. Like she, the, you really feel one. like she's got something to fight for. She really grabs one. the pathos the way she yeah. just speaks through that speak receiver <laughs> through you that know? one scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think she's in two. S- says more than Alan? anything has Alan? ever said. Are you there, Alan? <laughs> and with that, we know That's that all something's her wrong. <laughs> um.
So yeah, Citizen Ruth. If you haven't seen, <laughs> if you haven't seen Will Smith Save the Earth, or what Laura Dern asks for Alan Grant, then you will totally love Citizen Ruth. <laughs> Don't know where I was going with that. Sure, <laughs> we have derailed Zach. Yeah. <laughs> You've derailed my derailed my derailed. It's going into a black hole now. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> good, good luck finding a trailer for that one. Uh, I can find all. Yeah, it'll be fine. There's a trailer. Everything's on, everything's on the internet. Just make up your own. Yeah. <laughs> Citizen Ruth. Anti-abortion. <laughs> Alan Grant is calling you to tell you not to have an abortion. Use a suction, not a hanger. That's horrible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> This Man, is, this is the best episode ever. This is so <laughs> awful. Make sure you scrape that. No, don't. No, 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 we're, no, we're stopping. I'm, I'm shutting this shit down. <laughs> don't worry, the baby won't cry. <laughs> it has undeveloped senses. Oh, no. It's just... <laughs> Bread, no bread. What are we on? Bread, what number? Six. Just move us along, please. All right. I'd like to tell you my number six, but it's going to self-destruct in the next five seconds. You fucker. My number six is Mission Impossible. Good morning, Mr. Phelps. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. Ethan Hunt will be your point man as usual. Good luck, Jim. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. We're being ambushed. Abort, that's an order. They knew, they knew we were coming. Do you read me? I don't care how he did it. I want to know why he did it. You're worried about me. Why you survived. I'm sure we can find something I have that you need. These guys are trained to be ghosts. Let's not waste time chasing after him. Just make him come to us. Find something that's personally important to him and you squeeze. Possible. <laughs> no. Well, I, he's just—he's just tired and slap happy at this point. Mm. Uh, Mission Impossible is a great movie. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. It's not my favorite Mission Impossible, but um, no. it's definitely mm. like each one of them is so different. And this yeah. one's Brian De Palma, so it's really like quiet and uh, like meticulous. Is how to? Yeah. There's less threat in this one because, like, for example, it's very you know, contained. in five he runs away from like these giant, you know, sandstorms. In 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 the first one he runs away from a fish tank. 
Yeah. But it's still awesome because <laughs> he takes it is. through a fish It's so it. awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like one of those quiet, like, European thrillers mm, type yeah. things. But, um, and at the time, you know, the whole train sequence with the helicopter blown up oh. on it and, like, ripping his face off was all, like, cutting edge stuff. Oh. And the iconic, fall, like, lowering into the into the room where all the senses are, like, accounted for and stuff, yeah. which is, like, so I think it's one of the gripping. most iconic action movies of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it had so many scenes in it that were replicated in other movies. Yeah, lampooned into other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that, like, Tom Cruise at his peak? No. Uh, I don't think Tom Cruise I would Cruise say Tom Cruise on the way up. <laughs> yeah, like... Tom Cruise is always at a plateau. Okay, maybe he's uh, the 90s peak. I, I feel like between, like... There is a an incline from cocktails to Mission Impossible. Uh, that's probably when he cocktail. took off as an action star, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Because but before that, he was just doing like yeah dramas and stuff, right? Yeah, like I really Comics. feel like this is him as uh, a like I don't know. He's in Top Gun and Days of Thunder. <laughs> Days of yeah, Thunder. But and action remember, remember movie. Days of Thunder when he showed up on the racetrack in a motorcycle and wearing sunglasses. <laughs> but as as much as as much Racing as I Michael love Michael through the streets. As much as I Come love as much as I love Top Gun. Top Gun is a movie with a lot of like not action oh, and yeah, like yeah. crying and goose eyes. Like mm-hmm. it's oh yeah. spoilers, bro. Well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> There's a sp- I haven't uh, seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what's, a, what's a Top Gun? Um, no, but Mission Impossible. I, I think too. It showed that Tom Cruise can carry action movies and have a lot of weight to his performances. Because there's that awesome scene where he figures out who the bad guy is, uh, yeah. you know, where they're just having that back and forth. And that's the strength of De Palma's script is they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And Hunt is starting to put together what happened. Oh, yeah. So great. Yeah. I love that movie. I thought it was like uh, spoilers for if you haven't seen it, but like making the hero of the series the villain. Yeah. Like was pretty in- like a cool script. James's parents didn't like that. Man, my mom hates that. <laughs> <laughs> like she's still to like she- she loves Mission Impossible, but she lives. She exists in a world where that's not who that is. Mm. Where, like that's not Phelps yeah. at all. Um, but for the longest time, like I hadn't seen it in a while, and I thought that was uh, what's his name, John Voight. No, no, not John Voight. The guy who played him in the original series. Oh, he also did like Annie. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. The, the, Some old dude, Mister Phelps. The old, yeah, white-haired dude. Yeah. But anyway, I literally like I Le- thought Leslie Nielsen. I thought that actor was playing like I totally forgot about John Voight. Like yeah. erased him from the movie and thought it was huh. the other guy, which would have been cool if they actually used. Yeah, that would have been really crazy. The then then my Phelps. mom would hate that film. It's so, like she wouldn't yeah, she watch would. it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but maybe he didn't do it because he's like, I don't want to play a villain. I'm a good guy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But she That's was a, she remember. was a big fan of that show like growing up, and so that mm. that was an example of like just shitting all. It's like the if they took really... Spider Man and changed it to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Whereas, like, you know, or you've got somebody and he's, like, trying to figure out, and they'll, and then you end up finding out, like, oh, no, Peter Parker's been, like, you know... Passing the torch to Miles Morales. <laughs> Peter Parker's actually... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Pretty great sweet. Movie. Man. Turned into one of the most consistently great franchises probably ever. Yeah. Like, yep. man. Yeah, they didn't make the sequel till like, four years later. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, so right off the bat, I will apologize for my number six film, um, because two guys on this podcast are going to hate me for it. Um, I was a late comer to this series. No, no, no! (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this is the first movie that had the new crew and, uh, it let me, for you, for me, um, 
by themselves. Yeah, okay, and, there you and, go. And it made me realize how much of a badass Jean-Luc Picard is. Yeah. Um, my number six film is Star Trek First Contact. In his nightmares, he can see them. In his mind, he can hear them. Look, Judas. In his soul, he can feel them. I just received a report from Deep Space Five. Long-range sensors that picked up. Yes, I know. The Vorg set a course for Earth. Maximum warp. Now, in Earth's darkest hour, he must fight them again. Captain, Earth. Life signs? Population approximately 9 billion. All Borg. How? Time travel. He went back and assimilated Earth. Changed history. I was following them back. Repair whatever damage they've done. But this time, they must travel to the past. April 4th, 2063. To save our future. You're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Simulate entire worlds, and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. It looks like the control deck's 26 up to 11. Mr. Data and I are returning to the ship. Don't let them touch you! Uh. Captain! Data! We must activate the auto-destruct sequence. You want to destroy the ship by the way, you coward. If you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. Remember that scene where he's like hanging and he's like totally fucking ripped? You're like, holy shit. Yeah. And he's fighting like this female Borg. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And then Worf is on the deflector dish and he blasts that Borg off of it. And he fires another shot into the deflector dish and goes like... And then assimilate they, this. And then yes. they, well, and they, 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 how cool is assimilate? They, you know, uh, they adjust to the phaser wavelengths or whatever. So then he gets out Rotating of the bath, batleth, and he just starts chopping people up. And then his suit gets impaled. Yeah. So, so he, he ties it off with a Borg's arm. With an arm. No, this movie's badass. Zombies um, in space, man. Yeah. It was one of those movies where, you know, you two guys have always harked me. Hey, you watch Star Trek. Like, yeah, fuck Star Trek, just like that. <laughs> I like Star Trek. Exactly <laughs> um, but uh, and I, I only saw this film, I think, last year. No, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got it because the set was on sale on Amazon on Black Friday two years ago. The Next Generation set was at like nineteen bucks. Yeah, which like is four movies. So yeah, but it's also like fifty dollars off. Yeah, um, and it's like Generations is a fun movie. But this movie, I think, elevates the uh, uh, the next generation crew because they don't have to be tied to the original cast. Yeah. And I think... Um, I'd say they've been trying to replicate this movie ever since. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You know, uh, it's just... There's so much at stake in this. You you don't think Picard is going to make it. Um, it's, and It's such a cool plot, too. Like, yeah. by comparison to, to most of the, like, 
very straightforward sci-fi action movies either in your even in your your star wars or your more modern star treks and that kind of stuff like this is what there's a whole time travel plot like yeah. there's this whole there's this whole thing with like Riker down there hanging out with william hurt and, and drinking I beer the and scene stuff where, and like uh, picard is in the yeah uh oh, fuck you guys uh isn't william hurt I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, no, it's oh no, it's James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Cromwell is um, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's so good. Uh, the other, yeah, there's a lot of great him. scenes. Uh, I'm trying to remember the one with Picard where he's in like, uh, like a it's conference a- room and he's like yelling at people. Oh yeah, was- the line must be drawn here. Yeah, it's all Moby Dick. This thing. far, no further. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. If his if his chest had been a cannon, it would have shot his heart upon it. What? Because even it, Moby Dick. it opens like in a like he's uh, having like a nightmare. Yeah. It's, it opens crazy. Um, well, we I mean, I never saw the uh, the episode that it's based on. Obviously, you yeah. can buy that as its own Blu-ray. Really, like that whole two-parter. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. since if you don't want to watch the whole series, you can just buy that. I might episode. do that because it, it's because cool. it's the movie's pretty badass. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it there's just that part you don't realize how ripped Picard is and yeah. like oh, this dude's a badass Total action star yeah and it, it introduces you know the, the Borg is a very loved race by Star Trek fans and it introduces a lot of new ideas and like changes the, the Borg in a lot of ways and, and most people are, are totally cool with some of that stuff like, yeah, not everybody not. loves the Queen but like nanotechnology and that kind of stuff like that movie makes the Borg fucking super cool yeah um, yeah in the series yeah. there's no talk about a Queen like it's just a hive no yeah mind but it's just like you know i never thought movies like that i'd enjoy and they're pretty awesome so absolutely yep that's my number six that's a good one did you at any point think that data had fully turned no yeah. zero point because here's, here's the thing is i knew that it. there's other movies after it oh that's true <laughs> so um i had the the luxury Makes of sense. that have you ever gone and finished the elves have yeah we talked about oh, okay yeah, yeah i talked about them sheesh Guess what? Let's not they talk do about this. There's still some fun parts in them, though. Yeah, I, I would say they're all pieces of shit. I car- still think they're more fun than most movies. Yeah, the car chase in the beginning of Nemesis is all right until it's done better in Serenity. Um, my number six. Yep. Cool. My number six is a movie I have not seen until today. Uh, this was a movie that when we decided to do 1996, I saw it on the list for that year and was like. Ah oh, shit! Because I had been getting so much crap from my specifically from my mom, like, "Oh, you have got to watch this movie. It is so good." Uh, and so I realized I it wasn't going to be possible for me to do a 1996 top ten list without going to see or without getting a chance to see um, a Time to Kill, which is my number six. You got a daughter, Jay? What would you do? I figure it's a lot of people out there tired of all the raping killing they'd be sympathetic to a man took the law in his own hand even if he is black our society cannot condone men who take the law into their own hands no matter what the circumstance how do you wish to plead not guilty your honor yeah you sure you want to be known as the man that defended that murderer why well, toss away a promising career? I'd really like to help you with the trial. Have you ever seen a man executed? What I suggest you do is you go watch a man be executed. You watch him die. You watch him beg. I don't like your politics, but you do have passion, and that's something Carly needs right now, and maybe so do I. If you was on that jury, what would it take to set me free? You sat me down, and you said to me, what I can offer you is a chance to save the world 
one case at a time. He's taking justice out of your hands and put it in his own. You tell them boys we need some clan down here in camp. We've been getting calls. At home. Threats. Your marriage is on the rocks. You're about to have an affair. Lately, you've become much more interested in getting your face on the news than what's going on with your own family. Don't let those bastards grind you down. I set out to prove a black man could receive a fair trial. That's not the truth. So until that day, we have a duty to seek the truth, not with our mind, but with our hearts. Do you think he was crazy when he did it? No, he wasn't crazy. When I saw that blood, I got so scared because I thought that was you. Drop the case. I quit now and all this for nothing. No. You waged all our lives on this. Do you think the jury should convict Carl Lee Haley? Objection! Turn him loose! Do you think they deserve to die, Mr. Haley? Answer the question. Do you think they deserve to die? Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell! This movie's really good. This Um, movie's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... The only reason it's not higher on my list, honestly, is because it looks like like it's Joel Schumacher, and this movie doesn't look as good as the verdict, which was made fifteen years earlier. Um, like it, he he shoots the whole thing like with a steady cam, and too much of it's kind of shaky, and I don't think he knows where he wants the camera to be half the time. Um, so like the the way that it's filmed, I don't like, but the plot and the acting. Um, and, and not to take anything away from Schumacher because the fact that the acting is so good is also, you know, that, that also gives some credit to him. Um, but, uh, but it really is like, <laughs> I was watching this movie. What's Time like, to Kill About, James? Hold, hold on. Uh, I was watching this movie and was like, man, I, I feel like this looks like it was made for TV. Um, but Time to Kill is, uh, it stars Matthew McConaughey and All Samuel right. L. Jackson. Um, Motherfucker. And basically two uh, super redneck hillbillies who like to drive through black parts of town and throw full cans of beer at people um, find this young woman and rape and almost kill her in the woods. And that young woman is Samuel L. Jackson's young daughter. Because they have time to kill? Uh, because they have... <laughs> no, that's not... No, that's, that's not you it. You did not just make a rape joke. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Wow. She's 10 years old. I stand by it. Oh... <laughs> He was out there, and I took it. <laughs> <laughs> if, like if, rape. At home, if you could see... Oh, my gosh. At home, if you could all see just how smug and proud of himself he is, leaning I'm back... enjoying this Triscuit. Leaning back in his chair, eating his Triscuit. <laughs> I'm leaning that back so bad. the dog. Anyway, um... So, <laughs> well, at least someone knows you have a heart. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> They're they're taking these guys shit. Uh, these guys are going into the court to uh, to face trial for because they like it's really out like it's really easy to prove that these guys did it. Um, and they even confessed to doing it. And Samuel Jackson bursts into the the courthouse with a with an assault rifle and kills these two dudes and then runs away. And Matthew McConaughey then spends the next two hours trying to figure out how to defend Samuel Jackson and I not. Wonder make why James him. likes this movie. Uh, it's because it's it's really good, and it's two hours of Matthew McConaughey. It's two hours of Matthew McConaughey being like, 
oh man, I really don't want to have sex with Sandra Bullock. Um, and also so, Kiefer and Donald Sutherland, but yes. never on screen together. Yes, and playing. Does so, he do most of his defense shirtless? What? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, While in mud. So, so <laughs> Don, Donald Sutherland. The mud's never even in the mud. <laughs> He's just like banging his gavel, like, I find you in contempt. Being too hot. <laughs> y'all, y'all, I, I y'all sent you to a vacation in the Sahara. <laughs> Have some respect. This movie's fantastic. <laughs> Donald Sutherland plays uh, basically like his old boss. Like he's a he's a lawyer who was really really good and taught Matthew McConaughey's character everything he knows. Um, Kiefer Sutherland, on the other hand, is the brother of one of the two guys who gets gunned down. Wait, Kiefer and Donald are in both yes, movies? Yes, but one of them plays a crazy awesome good guy, and the other one plays a super racist Ku Klux Klan leader. Uh, Kiefer is the Ku Klux Klan leader. I thought they weren't in a movie until Forsaken. They're, they're never they're, on they're, screen together. Yeah, they're not. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, they, they're they not even in a scene together. Uh, well, actually, technically, at the end, they're both in the courthouse at the same time, but not in, not in the same shot. But it's not like they were hanging out with each other and going like, son, what did you do today? Right. Like, what do yeah. you think I'm doing, dad? We're right here. Oh, no, we both oh, have yeah, really no, cool no. voices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kiefer plays this, the, the brother of one of the two guys who then like stirs up a new membership of the of the KKK in, in this town in Mississippi um, and starts harassing McConaughey and his family. Um, Sandra Bullock plays a young... Um, like legal assistant who who really wants to help because she she thinks this this is a good thing, um, but she can't make it to the courthouse because she's on a bus. No, <laughs> and the bus can't stop. Um, and then she spends she... all of her time on the net. <laughs> Son of a bitch, y'all are the worst. Um, Do they have sea cells in the bathroom at the courthouse? <laughs> I hate you so she much. Able to understand the heat. I, 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 <laughs> all of you are the worst people. <laughs> um... Anyway, Does it's it a really, 24 hours to solve I, the crime. I'm, I'm literally going to beat you to death with a microphone. Um, and this is how you, it is and I, yes, you will deserve episode. to die, and I hope you burn in hell. Yay! Um, so, uh, it's a really fantastic film. Uh, Samuel Jackson is amazing throughout the movie, especially there's a scene with, uh, him and McConaughey in a jail cell where he's, he finally, like, is explaining to, to him, like, I wanted you to be my lawyer because you are the bad guy and he has to like he has to get through his head like you what the real problem is and and why race is so important in this in this case and it only left um, McConaughey dazed and confused no you son of a bitch yes, you son of a bitch. Can I do? I'm just going to edit out all of no I'm not okay um, <laughs> that's your problem <laughs> I ain't got that time uh the yeah, it's a really great film. Uh, McConaughey's speech at the end is wonderful. Uh, I wish that it were shot better, but uh, definitely. That's weird, because I think Joel Schumacher's usually a pretty good director. It's funny, because I used to be like a sort of a def- like a like an apologist for Schumacher, because I like his Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. um, even though a lot of people don't. Uh, and even though I myself have problems with the way that, that, that movie is shot. But this one really, like... I would have rather had Brett Ratner make this movie. He is a chameleon. He shoots a lot of different stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, this one just there's stuff where like he just keeps moving the camera and like and it's. It, I like interviews. I, with I don't him. know who he's supposed to look who who like. It's like he doesn't know who's going to be talking next, you know. Um, and then sometimes it's just it it looks really low rent. I mean, g- genuinely, the verdict looks beautiful by comparison, and it's from '82. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Anyway, uh, you should totally check out A Time to Kill. It's on Amazon, so you can rent it there. 
Um, definitely worth seeing. So, do they tell you how he loses the case in ten days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a failure to launch. <laughs> uh, Makes sense. I, I, I hate you. I hate you. And I'm pretty sure he was paid at Yuli's Gold. Or... Oh, fool's gold. <laughs> I was just about to make a fool's gold joke. <laughs> he beat me. Is that it for McConaughey? Does movies? he talk about his ghost of girlfriends past in that movie? No. I mean, of course, the ghost of the girlfriends past started with uh, a Texas chainsaw. Then don't forget he had to go to Dallas for a buyer's club of some kind. <laughs> he sure did. Interstellar. Something about <laughs> I was just, just going to make that something about a Lincoln lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Zach, what's uh, what? I, I don't give a fuck. My number, number five, five is a time to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give me any shit, or so you don't give talk me about any all shit. that all over again. All right. Yeah, please, let's, let's please. do this. Um, no, uh, nothing to really. Uh, he elaborated perfectly on why the. Films. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now he elaborated fine on what the movie is, but I am also a big fan of Samuel Jackson's performance in that film. So Particularly, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Yes, they deserve That's to die. That's one of the uh, Hollywood Reporter's top 100 quotes of movies ever. Yeah, yeah, is it's so one? good. Oh, and Kevin Spacey. Totally forgot about the oh, fact yeah, that Kevin Spacey plays the lawyer who's going up against Matthew McConaughey, yeah, and he he's just a sleazeball in the movie. It's yeah. awesome. Also, the um, the woman who plays the homeless lady from Home Alone 2 is in this movie. I Everyone's in this movie. I don't remember Home Alone 2 at all. <laughs> oh, there's a homeless woman in it. Mm. She's in this movie. <laughs> I know he's lost in New York. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, my number five is a beauty kill. A time to kill. A time to not, kill. Not a view to a kill. A view to Roger a kill. <laughs> Going back to 1985, guys. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my number five? five was Independence Day. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, I liked a lot more back in 96. Right. But, um, it is a little silly. Some parts are silly nowadays, but yeah, that, like the end is, uh, speech is great. And um, I just remember, like, we saw it on my birthday and like, we were like, so our little sci-fi group was so psyched to yeah. see it and we're like blown away. Remember when that dog jumps out of the fire? <laughs> so Cuz fire can't like it only wow. stays in the main tunnel, it can't go through doors and follow yeah. No, that's not how explosions so, work. So so can cold in the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Just saying Roland Emmerich has a history of this. <laughs> At least his physics hey, are hey, consistent. We're not <laughs> arguing that the entire canon of Roland Emmerich is good. The Patriots awesome. Just yeah, there's like three good Roland Emmerich. I have movies. long feared. <laughs> That my yeah. sons would come back to haunt me. Cool. Independence Day. Oh, man, Day. finally a new one. Um, this is one of my favorite films from this director who sadly passed away just very recently. Um, he reinvented the horror genre in 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street, and he did it again with a wink at the audience in 1996's Scream. Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step. 
too far. Like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs, and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, just me. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say I'll be right back. Cause you won't be back. Let's get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who didn't make the rules? The police are always on track, but they watch prom night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Wes Craven took a Kevin Williamson script, originally titled Scary Movie, and said that's a stupid name for a movie, uh, movie, and they changed it to Scream, and he didn't like that either, but he liked it more <laughs> than Scary Movie. Um, but anyways, it's, um, a story, and it, this is another movie that is super, it's transcended popular culture, because, uh, the opening 20 minutes of this movie is some of the best in horror. Um, it opens with Drew Barrymore, who is promoted as the star of the film. And, uh, she answers the phone and it says, what's your favorite scary movie? You know, that whole thing. Mm. Um, and he gets her on a thing that a lot of people miss in the horror trivia. Who's the killer in Friday 13th? Everyone says Jason. Nope. Jason's mom kills in Friday 13th. And after, uh, she gives the wrong answer, he guts her boyfriend. And if you see the unrated version, it's her, his guts like pour out. Um, and then he kills Casey Becker, Drew Barrymore in the first 20 minutes. And uh, what's really cool about that is they wanted Drew Barrymore to play, uh, I think, the Rose McGowan character. And she read the script and said, I'll do it, but I want to be the person who dies at the beginning. Um, and they said, whoa, 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 you're the star. And she said, yeah, I know, but that's a way better scene. And yeah. Um, and that, yeah, and it the, the way the movie played out is kind of self-aware of horror films. Um, Wes Craven plays Fred the janitor in it, dressed up like Freddy Krueger. Um, the movie's really clever. Uh, really well done. And I think the series as a whole is actually pretty strong. Um, I really enjoy this film. And it's brought back the slasher movie. So hats off to Wes Craven. And he's a dude who understands how to make horror films. Very, very, very good director. Yeah, I remember watching it in high school. Um, but I don't... <laughs> I mean, it just... It doesn't work for me. Because like, it's not... Like, you know, just because... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the ending is different. You don't expect, um, hey guys, spoilers for a movie that's 20 years old, okay? Uh, <laughs> that there's two killers. Um, Dewey is really funny in it. Uh, played by David Arquette. It kind of made him, I don't know if he's a star, but <laughs> made him known. Um, yeah. Henry Winkler plays the principal. Yeah. And I actually really love Courtney Cox's character in this. She's the bitchy reporter, Gil Weathers. Um, I just like the movie a lot. I think it's really well done. Uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to say that as if it wasn't it wasn't good. I, what I what I really mean is like I was I was disappointed because I had heard such great great things about it, and then when I when I finally saw it, I was like, oh man, like this still doesn't work for like mm-hmm. because it's not a horror. Like something just doesn't click for me. Um, even though I can appreciate how smart all the things it's doing are. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, uh, it also gave us Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say you'll be right back, because you won't be back. I'm getting a beer. I'll be right back. And he dies. <laughs> Show her tits or until she went legits. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, scream. 
Cool. It's a good one. What are we at? Five? Five. Five. Okay, cool. I can do a five. Um, my number five is The Rock. The following is a state secret, gentlemen. Disclose it to any party and you will be subject to prosecution. John Mason, British national, incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. There's no identity in the United States or Great Britain. He does not exist. Secrets have a way of coming back to haunt you. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage, 81 tourist. The rocks a tourist attraction. The one you train to defend you becomes your greatest threat. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. And the one you abandon becomes your only hope. You go talk to him. Me? Yeah. Hiya. I'm an agent with the uh, FBI. I'm Stanley Goodsby. But of course you are. At least he got his name right. Now, all that stands between the city and the disaster. The power of this chemical is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's where you're coming with us. Is a man who's never seen combat. You're a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually. And another who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Fortunately, some things you never forget. But don't worry. It'll all come back to me. From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide, and Michael Bay, the director of Bad Boys. Welcome to The Rock. We got visitors. Sean Connery. I'm sure you're ready for this. Do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Nicholas Cage. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo. Beige one. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? Ed Harris. Fire. This summer. Get ready to rock. Double Sean Connery on your oh, list. This movie's so cool. Like, genuinely an awesome action movie. Um... Yeah, Sean Connery is amazing. I forget who directs this. Nicolas Cage is amazing. Michael Bay is amazing. He's a good action um, director. Yeah, I was watching this. I was at the gym a couple weeks ago when this was on, and I was watching. Like, I I didn't even have the sound on. I was just watching the way the shots, like he stages all the shots in the in the fight as they're fighting through to get to the VX gas mm-hmm. at the end, and they're like. You know, he's dropping to the ground, like, shooting the dude in the foot to make him drop and then shooting him. Or, like, Sean McConnery, like, shoots the ceiling to knock down the AC unit to crush the dude's head. Like, it was just a really creative action scene um, that even without the sound on, I was like, oh, 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 man, like, oh, that's so cool. Um, It was really exciting without even being engrossed in the film. Um, And I think a really fun, pretty playful idea for a movie um of like oh we gotta sneak back in and there's this whole like conspiracy of of sean connery you know being this guy that nobody wants to talk about um and it's got like that weird ending where they go to the church and get the get the microfilm that almost makes you feel like microfilm was a thing right (laughs) almost make you makes you feel like there should have been a sequel to this movie um 
and I would totally see one. Um, plus, like, Ed Harris is kind of awesome in that movie. Like, a super badass with, like, this pretty off-the-wall, insane motivation as a bad guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I love The Rock. It's a cool movie. So, anyway. Uh, Zach, you're number four. My number four was Scream. Oh, okay. Um, cool. I, I love Scream. I, I love Wes uh, Craven. If, uh, if I mean, if you read my article on when he passed away, yeah, um, I put this as one of the top films that he ever made, and it, there's something about the film that definitely still works to this day, despite us all knowing how everything proceeds. Right. Um, like it itself has become a cliche of its own kind. Right. Um, but regardless, the the, the scares still work. Um, the suspense is still t- uh, taught. Um, the performances are very good for a horror movie, obviously, given that they've got a great director behind them. Um, and I love Matthew Lillard in the movie, actually. He's one of those weird links in the movie that I actually enjoy. Like, I love his kind of goofy, off-the-wall performance. And then when you discover the twist at the end with his character, it just makes his performance even more outlandish and bizarre. But wait, there's more! <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I love Scream, and also I'm, uh, 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 a big fan of, uh, uh, Henry Winkler popping up in random things, and he plays the principal in this one, and he just, he gives this really impassioned speech, like, you people make me sick! (laughs) So, uh, I I love it. Scream, my number four. Nice. It's a good movie. Cool. Cool, cool. Brad? Brad? Would you believe that... There was a Wes Anderson movie out this year. There is. And why wouldn't it be on my list? My number four is Bottle Rocket. Preparation was good, you know. I think that's your specialty. Thank you. Because if I said that one, it would sound like bragging. Obviously good quickness. Yeah, in and out pretty fast. Real fast. Including the coin collection and the earrings. You took the earrings, Dignan? I bought the earrings for my mother on her birthday. Maybe we should have robbed your house. You ever think of that? Three outstanding young men. Well, come on, baby, and rock with me tonight. Bob Mapplethorpe, potential getaway driver. Go. I really want to be a part of this team. And I'm the only one with a car. That's good. That's good. Because that hits me right here. I'm Anthony. You speak English? It's amazing how close you can get to a girl when you're not allowed to talk to her. And my name's Dignan, man. You in the army, yes? No, no, I just had short hair. We are a team. Dignan, I, I can't focus no, unless the gun is on the table. We well, just paid for it. it. Shut up, man. We don't settle our problems with pugs, man. We settle them with bare knuckles and that's what? All they ever wanted was to be wanted. What are you putting that tape on your nose for? Let's get lucky. Just do exactly as I say. Let's move. Come on. Get one of those bags. A bigger one, you idiot. What do you think? Don't call me an idiot, you punk. Okay, do you have a, do you have bigger bags for atlases or dictionaries, uh, sir? I'll tell you something, kid. You've got the guts of a damn lion. That is Mr. Henry. Hey, Henry, how are you? He is a very talented thief. Hey! Just kidding. I don't know. Are you in? I really don't want to do this robbery, you know? Man, neither do I. You're breaking his heart. You know that, don't you? What were you thinking? They're going to keep on trying. Got it, ma'am. We know it backwards and we know it forwards because we've done the legwork and we've done the research. 
until they get it right. What are you doing here? You're always at lunch now. Not always. Yes, always. Feature, mm-hmm. but it's based off of a smaller short that he made. Owen Wilson's great in this movie. Yeah, Owen Wilson, his brother Luke Wilson, mm-hmm. they're together. Um, they play with their um, another guy whose name escapes me. They're trying to be robbers, but they're terrible at it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but they still act like they're really good at it, or at least Owen Wilson does. Um, so they steal from a library, right? Um, yep. Which I don't know why they think that there's going to be a ton of money there. And then they go hide out at a uh, motel for a few days. And then um, when that blows over, they... Um, Scott Conn? James Conn. James Conn. They, hi- they, uh, they get in a cahoots with James Conn to like do a, a, another large heist or something. And that goes um, awry in the quirky Wes Anderson-y way. But mm-hmm. it's, just a, it's just kind of a fun little story about you know these t- two brothers who... <laughs> It's called they're two tra- brothers trying to yeah be criminals but they're just they're terrible. They're kind of idiots. They're they're idiots about it and the uh, the Luke Wilson brother like he's kind of just along for the ride like he's not really yeah. passionate about it but it's like it's Owen Wilson's thing. Um so and it's just got you know great Wes Anderson humor and yeah, cool. It's a good fun movie. I haven't seen it in so long that's why I put it on my list cuz yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. it enough. Yeah, every time I watch it like I'll forget about it. It's like oh, it's a it's a good movie and then I'll watch it and be like oh, this is a great movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's funny because I saw it and Rushmore around the same time, and I don't remember Bottle Rocket real well, but I remember not liking Rushmore. So I think I've tainted Bottle Rocket <laughs> with my memory of Rushmore. So maybe I should see it again. All right. Yeah. Uh, number four, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, my number four is Mission Impossible <gasps> because I chose to accept that mission. <laughs> they may start going pretty fast here. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess to the point where <laughs> we all start liking the same movies. Yeah, yep. no, Mission Impossible, we've already said it. Um, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Um, this movie proves he's the best runner in Hollywood. <laughs> he, he outran an aquarium exploding. I don't know. I feel like it's Mission Impossible 3 where I really was like, no one has ever run as good as like Tom Cruise. Like, oh, yeah. In, this, in Mission Impossible 1, you're like, hey, he's really good at running. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 3, you're like, holy shit. Because he does outrun a rocket. Yeah. Well, and like, no, it's it's real. It's when he wants to get to his wife at the oh, end, that's right? And you're like, oh, he, he's wants, running through he all the wants to get there. Yeah. I believe he wants to be somewhere that he's not yet. I think Tom Cruise is perfect for these roles because you have to have the right amount intensity of intensity and physical physicality for yeah. it. Um, and he's perfect for the role of Ethan Hunt. Yeah, and yeah, and he's fun. and he's still a badass when he's just oh, like yeah. sitting in a train with Jean Renault and Ving Rhames, and they're like talking. You know? Yep. You need a star like Tom Cruise to. I mean, that's the only reason I think those movies work so well too. Totally. totally. Does anyone ever explain why um, Emilio Estevez Emilio Estevez is is billed is uncredited? I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. And his death is like scarring to me. Yeah, it's like when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, like I didn't want to look at the screen when that happened. Um, don't stand on top of elevators, kids. Yeah, yeah. you never know where they're going to stop because there might be giant on spikes that go face. in your face. Man, and they show ju- he shows just enough that you like you think you saw something. Like it just touches his forehead as he's looking up, and then yeah, it yeah, it's really it's really himself. nasty. Man. Oh, don't say any so, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is D3 on any of those? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no. Maybe it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Very cool. Cool, now, cool. James is number four. D3 uh, the uh, No. <laughs> my, number, uh, my number four is Star Trek First Contact. Nice. Um, so, yeah. It's a great movie. It's uh, no longer... For a long time, it was my favorite Star Trek movie. It's certainly my favorite action-y Star Trek movie. Um as I as I as I matured, my taste in Star Trek movies matured with me, which is why six is my favorite now. Mm. So, nice, that's fine. Yeah. Mine's two, but you know, two's awesome. I'm a, I'm a two's, what everyone says. Two's great yeah. too. Yeah, um, but two doesn't have like a badass mystery and Shakespearean dialogue. And yeah, man, where these boots come from? It has this really sweet revenge plot, though. <laughs> it's got the, it, yeah, it's got. Captain Kirk's bedroom. Yeah. It's a cool scene. Anyway, it's act number three. My number three is a documentary um, about uh, a case that went on for 18 years and was finally solved through a uh, a very interesting, rarely used plea. My number three is Paradise Lost. In a statement given to the police and obtained by a Memphis newspaper, 17-year-old Jesse Miss Kelly allegedly confesses to watching two other suspects choke, rape, and sexually mutilate three West Memphis second graders. The murders had been part of a satanic ritual. Satanic worship. A horrific, ritualistic sacrifice. We're just sitting on the couch watching TV the night we were arrested. They had to find somebody to pin this on. This club list was getting out of hand. We, the jury, find Jesse Lloyd Miss Kelly Jr. guilty of second-degree murder, Jason Baldwin guilty of capital murder, Damian Eccles guilty of capital murder. This doesn't change anything. Our son was still murdered. Our son and he was still tortured dead. to death by three murdering bastards on a ditch bank. He was eight years old. Damn system stinks. It's a great tragedy that kids was killed, but it's also another great tragedy that American citizens, anybody today's public can just be picked up for a crime they didn't commit. Everybody in the town and in the courtroom and on the jury are all blinded by their fantasies about satanic cults. The criminal confessions are too many manipulated by the police. I'm going to be wondering if the true killers were actually captured. Jesse Miskelly Jr., Jason Baldwin, Damian Eccles. I promise you, as God is my witness, I'll visit all three of your graves. Paradise Lost was I was doing. No. <laughs> I, d- I didn't realize that was this year. I yes. didn't see it on my list as I was going through Isn't it. Not a book. It was this year. No, not yes, not, not, not the one by Milton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paradise Lost is the story of the West Memphis Three case um, and how the um, justice system basically railroaded these three teenagers into. Um, uh, uh, a situation involving a what they supposed was a satanic crime uh, out in the middle of uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. Um, what's interesting about this particular film, as opposed to the other two, is that this is the only time in the case where everything is pretty much just 
presented and there's no sides being taken. Mm. It's a very even handed. Both sides are presented perfectly fine. It's impartial. It's really up to you to decide what you believe about the case. Mm. Um, it's beautifully uh, composed by Joe Berlinger and the late Bruce Sanofsky who passed away recently. Um, if if you've never seen a documentary in your life about like I know there's consternation about making a murderer is an amazing show or something like that, but like is 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 this in the same vein or am I going off? The- it's it's in the same vein, but making a murderer is not a, anywhere near as good as the as the Memphis case. Okay, because like- the Paradise Lost the way it's the way it's composed and the way it's presented, it's presented as if the life is unfolding. It's not. There's, they're not trying to construct a narrative. They're just presenting as it unfolds, right. like literally as a procedural. But they also mix it in with Metallica music, um, which was the music that these kids were into at the time that they were arrested. Um, it's, it's powerful stuff, and it is because yeah. sorry, like yeah, yeah, go ahead. the you know the first one is '96. When was the second one? 2003. The uh, second one was in 2000, and then the third one was 2012. Yeah, so I mean, it's you see this case unfold through these documentaries that are very well done. I think you can still watch them on HBO Go. Yep. Um, so I, I definitely think you should see them. I mean, it's not on my list, um, but it's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and um, also, it, it's a, it's a great tribute to the uh, the power that film has to mm-hmm. change uh, a situation because of that film, the case became a source of controversy and as a result a lot of people who got involved whether it was peter jackson eddie vetter johnny depp got involved in this case as a result of watching mm-hmm. that film yeah. and kept that fight going for 18 years to get them released um, which they got released on an alfred plea which is a very rarely used uh legal terminology um i don't know if it's specific to that state but um anywho mm-hmm. um so now they're out and free, but to watch where they were and where and where they go in the other two films is highly fascinating. I highly recommend you watch Paradise Lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome. Cool. Power of film. Good yeah. choice. Three? Brad? Yeah, three. Uh, how do I introduce my number three? You say the title. <laughs> okay. Let's see if that works. Uh, my number three is um, a movie I watched to like, I was on a certain actor kick and I, uh, so I was like looking for this, like this person in their role. And then what I ended up watching was like this um, gorgeous epic that I never imagined like could exist. And my number three is Kenneth Branagh's William Shakespeare's Hamlet. <laughs> to be or not to be. Castle Rock Entertainment proudly presents Hamlet, the most celebrated drama in the English language, seen in glorious 70mm format, adapted for the screen and directed by Kenneth Branagh, with a distinguished international cast featuring Derek Jacobi, Julie Christie, Kate Winslet, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Gerard Depardieu, Charlton Heston, Jack Lemmon, Richard Attenborough, John Gielgud, and Kenneth Branagh as Hamlet. 
I really hate this isn't on my list. It's a great. Oh, you didn't put it on your list? I oh. thought I swept you. No, no, you no. You seem so dejected. Don't no. worry, I'll sweep him. <laughs> <laughs> He's lining yeah, up the sights. <laughs> yep. But I might sweep you. So that's fine. targeting. Targeting. Uh, that's a. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, I so yeah. I was I was on a Robin Williams like. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to watch his movie and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, he's in this one, cool." And he's in the last like five minutes or something. <laughs> so for a four-hour movie, um, yeah. So I, I had to wait through all that, and what I waited through was like this amazing. Yeah, it's one of those <sighs> so things where good. it's like, you know, I like Shakespeare, but it's not like my go-to. And um, you know, I'll watch the first three minutes of like a Shakespeare movie, or maybe ten, twenty minutes. And be a little bit lost, but then suddenly, like your brain kicks in, and like you just, absolutely, you suddenly yep. magically start understanding like what the dialogue is telling you. You have yes. to put yourself in that you know mind frame. You yeah. know, I, I do the same thing when I read books. If you read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the first twenty pages are like, oh my god, but then you just start clicking, and everything starts clicking. And uh, Kenneth Branagh, for some reason, has this amazing ability to make Shakespeare. Yeah, you can translate fun. that stuff so well. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I have that stuff in a different section of my brain. So, like, even when I saw it on the list, like, I just went over because I was like, "Well, yeah," but that's like it's over here. Like, it's not as I was putting together my list. I'm I'm thinking about movies, and then it's also like my favorite adaptation of my favorite Shakespeare play, and I think it's. An absolute masterpiece of filmmaking. That's not and in his top ten. What? Yeah, no. It's it's just the way my brain like because it's nobody wrote it in 1996. Like it's just his adaptation, but his performance of it is is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And also that all that dialogue is helped by having amazing actors and like it oh, seems yeah. like everyone in Hollywood at the time is in this movie. One well, and Derek Jacobi is amazing, man. Like um, yeah, yeah. Jack Lemmon. Um, yeah but jack lemon is in the worst part of the movie to be honest like his his role is yeah it's really bad is there a worst part of the movie i don't know yes obviously it's really good that's it though um yeah peter o'toole is in the movie yeah man it's like new and old actors like combined it's great stuff yeah that's an awesome movie man i want to watch gorgeous production design and it's a great Blu-ray. If you if you don't already have it, oh yeah, that Blu-ray the set book. is yeah, Blu-ray set. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Kate Winslet. Oh man. Oh yeah, she's in the movie. Uh huh. Ophelia. Um. It's such a long list. I can't. Yeah. And it's four hours long. Yep. It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's not that Mel Gibson <laughs> truncated. No. This ain't no sword wheeling, uh, abridged version. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's a great one. Man. Hamlet, number three. Cool. Uh, my number three is probably going to be on everybody's list higher. Um, it's by two brothers who do make... It's called Two Brothers. Great movies. and Son of a bitch. This might be the movie that elevates them to elite status in Hollywood. Um, this movie was criminally robbed of a best picture, some would say. Um, this movie is Fargo. I'm, uh, Jerry Lundegaard. Got the car? You bet. Brand new burnt umber Sierra. You want your own wife kidnapped. Her dad, he's real well off. So why don't you just ask him for the money? <laughs> See, these are personal matters. Personal matters? Uh-huh. 
Wait, it's Jerry. I don't know what to do. It's my wife. We gotta talk. It's something hard, geez. It's terrible. Oh, I got the state looking for a Sierra with a tag starting DLR. I'm not sure that I agree with you 100% on your police work there, Lil. I think that vehicle there probably had dealer plates. Jeez. DLR? No, they said no cops. Here's the second one. So we got a trooper pull someone over. This a new car then, sir? Oh, it certainly is, officer. Still got that smell. There's a high-speed pursuit. We got a shooting. And then this execution-type deal. Million dollars, a lot of damn money. They got my daughter. Where's your hunt? Brought you some lunch, Margie. What are those, night crawlers? Oh, yeah, look pretty good. How's Gene? Who's Jane? My wife. <laughs> well, the little guy, he was kind of funny looking. You were having sex with a little fella then. Yeah. Mr. Lundegaard, mind if I sit down? Trying quite a load here. Where's Jerry? Got your damn money. Now, where's my daughter? Shit. We don't want the entire 80,000. I answered the darn... I'm cooperating here. You have no call to get snippled with me. I'm just doing my job here. <gasps> what do you fellas got yourself mixed up in? Police! <laughs> so, is there anything else you can tell me about him? He wasn't circumcised. Oh, yeah? Fargo's a great film um, because it, this is the first film that I noticed directors staging shots. If that makes any sense. And the yep. first one that I noticed was when Frances McDermott's in her like house and the camera never moves and she's like in the corner and then she goes outside and she's still in frame like at the beginning. And that's when I first noticed their style. Um, of course, the Coen brothers. Um, it's a murder mystery that's also kind of quirky and funny. Um, yeah. And that's so again, that's the Coen brothers and it. It's just a really well-made film. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everyone's always going to say the wood chipper, but to me, that's whatever. It, yeah, that's that's so little of what the film is. It, um, as it's like part of a grander scale. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, Francis McDermott in that movie is amazing. Um, it, it's often true that Coen Brothers movies get remembered by the populace for mm -hmm. the most minuscule and unimportant. But scenes. see, to me, like I said, you know, my thing I remember is that shot of inside her kitchen. Right. Uh huh. I don't know why. But that's when I noticed, you know, directors having a certain visual style. Uh -huh. um, you know, Wes Anderson does it with how he composes shots, too. But um, this one was the one I noticed. And even the, the dialogue, uh, you know, even when you put it in silly North Dakotan accents or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's still um, Coen Brothers through and through. Um, I think they have a certain cadence to how they, their lines are delivered and how they're written. They, they have follow certain beats. Uh, the movie's just really well done. Um, it's like a Greek tragedy in the, yes. in the Midwest. <laughs> yes. It's really good. Yep. Has anyone found that money yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's that There's that Japanese woman who, who crossed the country to come find it. I think she uh -huh. found it. Yeah. I mean, it says it's a true story at the beginning. So. Yeah, shit. What, what was that movie called, Zach? Uh, oh. oh, man. That's, That's gonna, the thing. There was a foreign film yeah, from yeah. Japan. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember that. Now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, all end it there because I'm sure someone else is going to talk about Fargo as well. Um, it, so it's yeah. going to happen. Fargo. Cool. Uh, my number three was Mission Impossible. Nice. Mission Impossible is really good. So, Zach, what's your number two? My number two was From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, wow. Um, 
I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I think that's been made very clear by our <laughs> discussions. <laughs> um, and I'm a, I'm actually a Robert Rodriguez apologist for for better or worse. Um, I think around then he made fun I, movies. Yeah, at, the, oh, yeah. at that time you, there was no apology. Like there's no apology. El Mariachi to, and Desperado are amazing have. movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I love about this film is basically just the the not necessarily the twist and the turn at it because mm-hmm. like for me it's whatever. It's actually this the the first twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Opening sequence is some of the best tension I ever seen uh, play laid out on screen. Yeah. Um, the twist as it as it's revealed is really cool. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind it. I'm like, I know it. Some, I think it's awesome. Some people don't like it, and I don't understand why. But that's just their problem, not mine. I think you have I, to. <laughs> I, think, I I applaud because it's a different kind of film. Yeah. I mean, you think you're going in for one thing, except the marketing sold it wrong. But like, if you if that was marketing, I would have sold it as like the highest. Uh, getaway movie, yeah. yeah. Because then the the vampires would have been crazy. I yeah. mean, it's already a batshit crazy movie. And yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. I I've yeah. The, I am one of those people where the 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 twist. I appreciate that movie and I really enjoy that movie. But the twist is actually diminished for me because I love the first half so much that when it turns into a vampire movie, I'm like, wait, but I I want to go back to like. The Gecko Brothers having their problems and like this family in Winnebago. Like, I love that sequence so much that when it goes away, I'm like, oh man, like, I, I wanted to see how you were going to solve that in a real world. And then there are just vampires everywhere. And I love that, but it does take it, like, it takes away from the twist because I feel like I lost something. Right. That and sense. like any good horror movie, that, that whole first half is a good setup to get you to like yep, these true. characters so that when they start getting. Knocked off one by one in their own special way. Um, and do the the Asian kid the way he gets it is oh, just yeah. like so yeah. badass. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, and um, also Fred, Fred the Hammer Williamson for, in in there for some reason. <laughs> um, I think it's because Tarantino likes him. Yeah, yeah. And, and there is no reason to, at all to not love Fred the Hammer Williamson. <laughs> no. Um, but um, so just a just a fun movie cool kicks and whatnot i like michael parks in the first 20 minutes of the movie and i love the line everybody be cool you be cool yeah <laughs> clooney's so, great in the film yeah totally yeah. dig george clooney my 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 dad's man crush you know nice. not a bad one yeah cool Brad. my number two we've already talked about it. it's mystery science theater 3000 wow uh, we quoted the shit out of that in high school and yeah. i will continue to do so because that's a great fun movie Man, that's cool. Yeah. Wow, my number two is one we haven't talked about. Um, I'm waiting for this man to direct another movie. I want him to write more movies. Yep. And every time I see Playtone yep. come up on the screen, I know I'm in for a treat. My number two movie is That Thing You Do. Mine too. Guy Patterson didn't have a perfect job Uh, or a perfect social life. What's going on down there? Cooking the books as usual, Dad. But what he did have was perfect timing. How about sitting in for Chad just for tonight? Why? Just broke his arm. And in one night... That's too fast, Guy. Slow down! Guy, slow down! Guy Patterson is going to take the wonders... From Garage. I almost slugged some girl. She had her eye on my Jimmy. To greatness. Here's somebody I want you to meet. Mr. White is with Playtone Records. That thing you do, you know, is snappy. We'd like to release it. We'd be on tour. 
Well, Mama, son who loves you just left us in the lurch. Darlene, you just got promoted. You mean you're gonna start paying me? I didn't say that. America's own wonders! Very expensive gorgeous place. We bow, and we're off the stage before the applause dies out. It's very important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? Come on, pretty baby. You got the number seven record in the country. He's got a very pretty girlfriend, doesn't he? Is it serious, you know? Very serious. I'm single. What about the bass player? You look great in gold. Have I told you that? What about Guy there? He's amazing. Amazing. 20th Century Fox presents... This is Mr. White. Are you sleeping? Just calling to tell you to get your patootie down to the television studio. You're going to be on TV tonight! Oh, what? A story about the time in every life. When the hopes you hold on to... Very special, isn't she? And the dreams you dream... None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. ...become that thing you do. and directed by Tom Hanks. Look fabulous in the black suits. Have I told you that? Hi. Fabulous in the black suits. I'm doing that thing. <sighs> this movie is so brilliant. Um, it's it's a story about these kids who are in a band called The Wonders and or The Oneaters. <laughs> and uh, their rise really fast to the number two and then on the Billboard charts with That Thing You Do single and then how they crash and burn but what's more fun is the awesome relationships that are throughout the film. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you get the Blu-ray, I'd recommend it because it's the Tom Hanks approved director's cut. Mm-hmm. And it gives his character uh, more to do. And you understand him more. Because if you see the theatrical version, which is a great version, but he's yeah. a little more callous. Yes. And in the in the uh, director's cut, he's, you understand him more and he has more heart. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, I mean, it turns out that he's gay. Um, he he cares about these kids. Um, I, I think uh, one of the things I love about this movie. So I'll, I'll say this: I've had a really hard time putting this list together because it was this or my number one, mm-hmm. and uh, there were serious days where this was my number one because this movie is very important to me, yeah. and and the the lessons that he teaches those kids. Uh, especially in some of those final scenes, like, yes, like the look on his face, and maybe I was maybe I was a dumb you know fifteen year old or however old I well uh, let 's see I would have been nine, maybe I was a dumb nine or ten year old at the time, but when he gives you the line at the end you know when when um, Spartacus is like so disappointed he 's like wait i but I was in a band once, and we still have a number one hit, and he looks at him and goes, yep, one hit wonders it 's a it's a very well told tale, and I like. I never put it together, yeah. and like that scene to me is so important and is such a well crafted. Like it makes that movie so brilliantly put together, mm-hmm. um, and and it sticks with me really well. It does. Um, that even though all of this stuff is made up, the story they're telling you, um, right down to the like the post credits or the, mm-hmm. the the beginning of the credits thing where they tell you about what happened to these characters afterwards, like you you feel like you really learned something and you're you like do. oh man like this is how life is for people and this is what's really important and this is what isn't and this is what the, the kind of things that are going to happen in your life 
Um, it has genuinely defined the way that I look at certain events in my life and the way that I move past them uh, because I, I adore this movie. I do too. And it's a movie that I remember seeing in the theaters and my friends never yeah. understood why I loved this movie. Because your friends were stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it you, if you get past uh, even... The drama it is a peppy, like soundtrack. Yeah, I love the soundtrack to this film. Um, I, I found I, I was reading it just the other day, actually, when we talked about doing '96, and Tom Hanks actually wrote the song "Loving You Lots and Lots." Yeah, uh, and to me, he's just such a brilliant man, and I want to see him do more directing because yeah. and tell stories he wants to tell because I, uh, he's in a part in his life where he can do whatever he wants. I mean, yeah. it's Tom Hanks, you know. Um, and this movie, James touched on it, you know, it's just, there's parts that just make me laugh and just, you know, touch me in a way that most movies can't. Right. Um, you know, the, the, we always talk about the scene where he's, they're at the beginning and he's, he's like, where was I? Oh yeah, I was up there playing, playing songs on my guitar. I was playing songs on my guitar. <laughs> it's just fun. That, that movie, like, I mean, obviously I hadn't seen Steve, Steve's on in anything before that. And mm-hmm. for me, like. Anytime I see him, he is instantly funny. And I will yep. always love him because of that movie. Uh, because he's just so damn likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his comedic timing is is perfect in that movie. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the film. And when it came out on Blu-ray, I was so happy. Yeah. Because I could finally upgrade it to the palette it deserved. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's, it's really colorful. It's really well made. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, even the scene with Tom Hanks when he's talking to Liv Tyler, oh my gosh, at the oh, end, man. is maybe not even at the end, it's maybe pretty, like three quarters of the way through, yeah, it's where he's basically out. telling her that you're just a girl, you know, you're, your boyfriend is whatever, but yeah, he's a lead singer of a band, he doesn't have time for you anymore. Oh. So good. Of course, it's way better because Tom Hanks is singing it, and he's a better actor and a better speaker than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see how I turned I, my head like falling in love with Tom Hanks there? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. I want to caress his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's uh, a fantastic movie. And I remember one of the first times you hung out with me, I had my uh, iPod playing and you're really impressed I had that thing you do playing on my iPod. <laughs> um, instant yeah. connections. Instant connections. Yeah. And over an uh, amazing film. I want to go home and watch that thing you do. I'm loving you lots and lots. <laughs> so good. Yep. And then cool. we cut another record, because the whole point of this is to make more records. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, yeah, that was my number two, too. So, so Zach. Number uh, one, man. man I feel my number bad. one was Fargo, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we can. Right, we can sweep the legs of these assholes. I don't care. As I say, we can we can skip to the end here, and I, I can say that my number one is also Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> my fee. Wait, what the heck are you talking about? Stan and I are okay. Yeah. We're good to load in. Yeah. But we never talked about your fee for bringing it to us. No, but Wade, see, I was bringing you this deal for you to loan me the money to put in. It's my deal here. See. Jerry, we thought you were bringing us an investment. Yeah, right. You're saying... What are you saying? You're saying we put in all the money and you collect when it pays off. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'd I'd pay you back the principal and interest. Heck, I'd I'd go one over prime. We're not a bank, Jerry. If I wanted bank interest on $750,000, I'd go to Midwest Federal, talk to old Bill Deal. 
He's at North Star. He's at... No, no. See, I... <laughs> I don't need a, a finder's fee. I need... Finder's fee's, what, 10%? Heck, that's not going to do it for me. I need the principal. Well, Jerry, we're not going to just give you $750,000. What the heck were you thinking? If I'm only getting bank interest, I want complete security. Heck, FDIC. I don't see nothing like that here. Yeah, but I... I... Okay, I... I guarantee you your money back. I'm not talking about your damn word, Jerry. Jeez, what the heck are you... We're not a bank, Jerry. Well, look, I don't want to cut you out of the loop, but this here's a good deal. I assume if you're not interested, you won't mind if we move on it. Independently. Um, my, uh, I, I love the Coen brothers a lot. If, if there's any filmmakers out there that I respect to the ends of the earth and found no fault in their filmography whatsoever, because I can find fault in most directors' filmographies, but of the three that I can't find fault in, the Coen brothers are on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really comes down to the dialogue for me and specifically repetition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can we stop and get pancakes? Right. Yep. Can we stop and get pancakes? And that's yeah. what I mean. Like their, their, uh, tone and their, um, cadence for their films, they always have a certain beat to them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very deliberate. It's like the, it's, it's, again, like, like I said, repetition it just makes the thing funnier. Exactly. And there's also, my favorite scene in the movie is actually when, um, uh, William H. Macy's father-in-law and Steve Buscemi's character are in the parking lot. And they're just yelling and bickering back and forth about the misunderstanding that is going on in this entire situation. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows mm-hmm. anything about what's going on. And I thought it's a beautifully lit scene. I think this is when he, they started working with Deacons at the time. And it's just a beautifully lit shot. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love it. And, and um, also the um, uh, the – the first time you see the trucks coming over the hills of the snow oh, to that score is absolutely beautiful filmmaking. I absolutely. Love I think it. what's yeah. fascinating too about the Coen Brothers is we each picked scenes. The, the, besides the Buscemi scene, like that aren't really that important to the film, but they're just so well composed. So I'll I'll do you one better. So okay. there is this scene that. Anyone else? I personally think that Fargo is a masterpiece. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest films of all time. It is one of my favorite films of all time. It is easily in my top ten of all time. Um, possibly my favorite film. Uh, second to like, it's my favorite film in that version where I do, where I take out the stuff I can't actually judge. Okay, like, I was gonna know, say. Re- you remember like back in yeah. college, I would do like, my top ten list, but I didn't have Star Wars or, Indi- or Indiana Jones or or Star Trek yep. because it's not fair. Like that, I'm I so love those things that I can't be unbiased about them. <laughs> so like a top ten list for me is like the Raiders of the Lost Ark and then Empire Strikes. Like it's a bunch of shit that doesn't make a very interesting list. <laughs> um, so when I do that, like Fargo is genuinely right there at the top. Um, and there is this scene uh, because a lot of what Fargo is about. It, for for Francis McDormand's character is so much more than this this murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about where she is in her life and these questions of the, you know, the juxtaposition of good and evil and how she continues to be a good person in a world that that has this horrible stuff that moves through it, which is what makes Fargo Fargo. So <laughs> if you go make a Fargo TV show, for example, um, and I said this when they announced that, the most important thing is the juxtaposition of p- 
pure good and pure evil. Uh, and she is exactly that. Like, here's this woman who is, who's pregnant and is as adorable as she could possibly be. The idea of anything bad happening to her is horrible. Um, and so if you were just making a crime thriller movie, you don't need a scene where this old fling sort of guy from high school shows oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. here's this long, kind of awkward scene where he's hitting on her at this dinner sequence. In the most pathetic way possible. And the possible. first time you see the movie, it doesn't need to be there. It, and yet, it is such a brilliant little scene, um, and it is actually very important to who she is as a character, that no other director puts that movie in, or, or writer puts that scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it has, it does not belong. And yet it is one of my favorite sequences. Um, it shows really how she's funny. cool under pressure despite the extremes of evil, whether it's the small extreme of, uh, of him, of him hitting on her. Right. Up to, is that your accomplice in the wood chipper? All that right. for a lot of money. Notice how she stays cool throughout in. All of it. And because she, the way that she lets him down, like, that's the thing, is that here she is, she's gonna go face all of this terrible evil, and here's this guy who is, he is pathetic, he is, um, the, the whole sequence is very awkward, and you want mm-hmm. it to end as quickly as it possibly can, mm-hmm. and she could crush him. Like, she could just straight destroy this man, and she, you watch her so carefully navigate what do I say and how do I say it in order to get, in order to help get this guy through this without me hurting him? Because she is that good. Um, and that whole, that sequence is very important for you to understand that character, for me to also love that it's a movie where I am obsessed with the final shots of that film where she's driving the car and talking to him and asking him, like, how, what happened? Like, did no one ever explain to you this was bad? And just the, the way that shot is, is lit and the reflection of the snow in her eyes mm-hmm. is stunning. Mm-hmm. And it's, it leaves you with this feeling that as much as I love No, no Country for Old Men and the unsettled feeling that you get at the end of that movie, like, somehow the end of Fargo, like, it also leaves you with that unsettled, mm-hmm. the world is dangerous feeling. But she goes home, and she gets in bed, and everything's okay, and the world's a good place, and she falls asleep, and you kind of go like, "Oh, but it, but ev- but it's okay." Mm-hmm. Like they, the Coen brothers so often get accused of nihilism. Um, no. no, no country for <laughs> old men is one of them, and I, I don't believe there's any evidence of that. Uh, all there's... of their films, and a, a no country for old men as well, have those like these terrible things that happen. And yet the undertones of the story are always actually really good. They're morality they're plays. Very, yeah, they're very encouraging films. Yeah. Um, because even to take it one way, the fact that Frances McDormand exists at all is, is really encouraging. Um, the, the movie is, is gorgeous and at the same time, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Watching William H. Macy just fumble mm-hmm. through being a terrible criminal um, is fantastic uh, yeah. and so unique. Um, and the decision to have it say based on a true story at the beginning is a stroke of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to hear the story that's on the it's on the Blu-ray uh, where William H. Macy is talking about like you know, when he when he went up to them mid mid film 
uh, and is like, yeah, man, I'm having a really hard time with like this, the character in this scene, like what was going on with the real guy at the time? Like, what was he thinking? Like, why, you know, why would he say this this way? And they looked at him and went, what, who, what real guy? <laughs> it's like, you know, in the, in the, in the true story, like, it, oh no, it's not, oh no, we just, we just wrote that on the, we just wrote that on the, on the front. It's, it's not really based on, you, you can't do that. It's like, you can't do that. Like, you can't, no, you're, no, you're not allowed to do that. They're like, says who? Why not? Why aren't we allowed to do that? And sure enough, Pulled the wool over, I don't know how many people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a testament to them that they wrote a story that is so outlandish and crazy, and yet you walk away going like, yeah, that could happen. Yep. It totally could happen. Yeah, it's a know? great film. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. It's, it, was, it was destined to be my number one for that year. So, Brad? Uh, that brings me to my number one, which you've already talked about, and that's yep. Star Trek First Contact. It's a good, that's nice. a good one. It's a great movie. You son of a bitch. This really isn't the time. Okay, I don't know jack about the 24th century, but everybody out there thinks that staying here and fighting the Borg is suicide. They're just afraid to come in here and say it. The crew is accustomed to following my orders. They're probably accustomed to your orders making sense. None of them understand the Borg as I do. No one does. No one can. What is that supposed to mean? Six years ago, they assimilated me into their collective. I had their cybernetic devices implanted throughout my body. I was linked to the hive mind. Every trace of individuality erased. I was one of them. So you can imagine, my dear, I have a somewhat unique perspective on the Borg, and I know how to fight them. If you will excuse me, I have work to do. I'm such an idiot. It's so simple. The Borg hurt you, and now you're going to hurt them back. In my century, we don't succumb to revenge. We have a more evolved sensibility. Bullshit! I saw the look on your face when you shot those Borg on the holodeck. You were almost enjoying it. Oh, come on, Captain. You're not the first man to get a thrill from murdering someone. I see it all the time. Get out! Or what? You'll kill me? Like you killed Ensign Lynch? There was no way to save him. You didn't even try. Where was your involved sensibility then? I don't have time for this. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your little quest. Captain Ahab has to go hunt his whale. You do have books in the 24th century. This is not about revenge. Liar! This is about saving the future of humanity! John, look, blow up the damn ship! No! No! I will not sacrifice the Enterprise. We've made too many compromises already, too many retreats. They invade our space, and we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds, and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here, this far, no farther. I will make them pay for what they've done. 
You broke your little ships. See you around, Ahab. And he piled upon the whale's white hump a sum of all the rage and hate felt by his whole race. If his chest had been a cannon, he would have shot his heart upon it. What? Bobby Dick? Actually, I never read it. Ahab spent years hunting the white whale that crippled him. Quest for vengeance. But in the end, it destroyed him and his ship. I guess he didn't know when to quit. <laughs> we already talked about it. Yeah. Um, I'm just sitting here reminiscing about like going to Union Square, Square 6 over here, which is now like oh, a medical yeah. <laughs> facility. And yeah, I, th- I think I saw it a couple times in theaters. I can't remember, but... Um, and also just being surprised because, um, you know, we, we made an event out of going to Generations. Yeah. And then, like, I, you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to, like, release schedules and, like, how long it takes to make a movie. And then just, I woke up one day and Star Trek First Contact was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it is interesting how we consume stuff now. Because back then, it's, you woke up and you're like, oh, cool, a new movie's out. Yeah. <laughs> There's another Star Trek movie coming out. I thought yeah. they were done with these. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, it's where they took off on their own movie-wise. Like, they... It's a shame they didn't get to do, like, you know, six like the original cast did. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like, they, 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 they established themselves so well in First Contact and yep. they just kind of, like... Uh, insurrection. They that's kind of why went back a, to making like a TV episode almost. That's why it's so such yeah. a bummer the follow ups because I think First Contact was so good. Yeah, yeah, and they could have gone so far. And... It's also a shame that Jonathan Frakes didn't end up making more like motion pictures. Exactly, yeah. it's so good. Like, do you it's think a really well made film? Do you think it's because of his Star Trek he did a lot stigma? Of TV yeah. Stuff, oh, though. absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's he does a lot of directing TV. Um, but yeah, I hundred percent think that that. It's one of two things. Either he's not interested and he would much rather just do TV and like have his life and move on and not be in that gamut. Um, but it's also, I would think, the, the, the TV stigma. You know, mm. everybody knows, like, oh, wait, you're Riker. You're the guy mm. who steps over chairs to sit in them. Like, why would I want you to direct my film? <laughs> yeah. Always leans into a turn. Yeah. We always called him Crookneck when, we were, when I was a kid because <laughs> he always stands with his head slightly crooked. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's really good. Cool. Man, my number one's not on anybody's list. Really? I cannot believe that. Um, I guess I'm the only one who loves Tom Cruise. Um, me and my friend Brandon would quote this movie nonstop. Uh, and the speeches in it just make me happy. Uh, my number one film is Jerry Maguire. I want everybody to see you for what you are. The best kept secret in the NFL. You are the man. You ready? Yep, let's go. My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Jerry Maguire! What can I do for you, Rod? Show me the money. Get off my face! Show me the money! Money! 
Can you sign my card? Sorry, little fella. I can't sign this brand of card. Only Pro Jam Blue Dot cards. And lately, it's getting worse. Came here to let you go. Pardon me? I came here to fire you, Jerry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out! Who's coming with me? Who is coming with me? I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. We're gonna be okay, because I am gonna take my one client, and we are gonna go all the way. Help me, Rod. Help me help you. Help me help you. You are hanging on by a very thin thread. <laughs> and I dig that about you! You wanna go out to dinner? Some dudes might have the coin, but they'll never have the quan. Quan? It means love. Wish me luck. Whoa, hey! That is the first time I have ever seen him kiss a man just like a dad. Don't What's cry at the beginning of a date. Yeah, just cry okay. at the end like I do. She'll let you in her house If you come knocking late at night She'll let you in her mouth If the words you say are right If you pay the price, she'll let you deep inside. There's a secret garden she has. My whole life I've been trying to talk. I mean, really talk. But no one wants to listen to me. You know that feeling? You know that feeling? Uh, the, just because I think it's one of Tom Cruise's best performances. Yeah. Uh, I think he owns the whole movie. Um, my, my favorite scene in the whole film is he makes the mistake of proposing to Renee Zellweger and they get married and he only has one client and that's Rod Tidwell and that's, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's really flamboyant and boisterous and, um, no one's ever told him why he's not getting money. And he had a game, he had a good game, and so Jerry is walking with Tidwell, and, you know, they're talking, and he says, Jerry, why are you here? Why are you here? Why aren't you home with your wife? Um, and so it kind of sets Jerry off, and he says, y you know, can, can we talk now that we're being friends? You want to know why you're not getting paid? Because you don't shut up. Just shut up and play the game. And I freaking love that, mo yeah. that moment, because it's so honest, and, um, you know, he's, he says, no one wants to hear about how you didn't get the quan no one threw you the ball just shut up and play the game inspire people it's just a great part and yeah uh, i just love his character in that because he is kind of not a good guy and he slowly learns to be a good guy um and, and it's still even if if you cut out renee zellweger at the last part um he's he's awesome when he runs in he says my night wasn't complete because you complete me and uh, again, it's not one of the most famous quotes in movies ever. Yep. And I, I, I think Rita Zellweger's not very good at her responses. You had me at hello. And <laughs> when you see Tom Cruise like being awesome, like eh. 
But I still think the movie's great. Um, I've never seen it before. You've I... never seen Jerry Maguire? Really? Nope. Never. Oh, oh it, is, man. it is fantastic. I'm going to have yeah. to check this out now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cameron Crowe. So, uh, I mean, it's not quite as good as Muppet Treasure Island, but it's good. It's, it's way better than Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the story is he's a sport agent who has epiphany and a stroke of consciousness, and Jay Moore plays his boss, and he fires him because of it. Like, you can't yeah. have a conscience and be in this uh, business. And so uh, that's where... He goes on trying to call all his people, and he only gets Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character because he spends his time on the phone saying, show me the money. Yeah. Um, Cameron Crowe's so good at writing kids, too. He is. Because that, that's the movie with the most famous, cutest kid of all. Like, even Macaulay Culkin, that kid gives him a run for his well, money. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's that scene where uh, Jerry is... eight pounds. Yeah, Jerry is drunk, and he come and Renee Zellweger goes away, and his her little boy comes out to talk to Jerry. Yeah, it's so good. And uh, he's, he keeps on saying that he wants to go to the zoo while <laughs> Jerry's like pouring his heart out to him. And he says, Ray, the fucking zoo is closed, man. <laughs> and, uh, the, the kid says, you said fuck. <laughs> he says, you're right. Now I have to take you to the zoo. And it's just a really funny, honest scene. Yeah. Um, that is a fantastic movie. Yeah. I love yeah. that film. And so that's a good choice. Yeah. That's my number one. Cool. And that was Film Explosion, 1996. What can, if, what can, if, you, can you play the Star Trek trailer again during mine, just because it's awesome? Yeah, I will. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Usually, usually if we if we if we repeat, like I'll I'll either put in a scene, or for you, what I'll do is I'll put in the cool scene for when he said it, and then I'll put yeah. in the trailer for you. Nice. Are you um, sure you sure you don't want the line must be drawn here as your trailer? That's awesome. There I we must do that. be drawn. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's what I was gonna do. But. Or James Com- Cromwell ro- walking around drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're curious on what our good friend Henry's top films of 1996 are. Sure. Uh, number five is Space Jam. <laughs> uh, number four is also Space Jam. Cool. Number three is Space Jam. Great. I'm number two is Space Jam. And Henry's number one film of 1996 is Space Jam. Oh. So he is a Space Jam fan. Yeah, we didn't talk about Space Jam. We did not. What um, a wonderful commercial. <laughs> also, Gretchen from the Alamo. Where the hell did that go? I got it if you want it. Yeah, because it's not on our... Uh, Gretchen Rudat? Yep. Hope I got that right. Yep, sure. Uh, the t- list is um, Scream. Cool. Mars Attacks. Cool. From Dust Till Dawn. Nice. Awesome. Matilda. Yeah, oh, yeah. And Twister. And it just says top five. I don't know what order. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about Twister. Matilda's cool. Matilda's a, a, like directed by... Danny DeVito. Uh, Danny DeVito. That's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. That's all you got? I, I got think so, Planet yeah. Planet Studios. Oh, yeah. For some reason, it's not showing up on my phone. You got it? Yeah, Mike from Planet Studios sent in his list. Um, Fargo and MST3... Fargo and MST3K the movie are at the top, and then it's followed by Train Spotting, Matilda, The Frighteners, and Swingers were all great. Cool. That's what oh, he said. Yeah, the, Hashtag the damn good year. Yeah. 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 Um Did you miss anyone else? There's, there's certainly a couple of things that I want to bring up. Uh including Kazam, which I saw in theaters that year. I uh, am Kazam! I also owned the novelization of Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited. Written by about Shaq. Kazam. Yeah. He's like you know, this would be even better if there was no pictures associated with it. I just want to read it. No, the, so the, it, this was during that time where it was, it was a novelization where they had like film stills in the middle of the book. Yeah, you I know? Ninja Turtles two one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have the Ninja Turtles one. Oh, nobody talked about Primal Fear. 
that's a cool movie. Yeah. Uh, where Ed uh, Ed Norton's just a beast in that. Remember movie. Richard Gere? Yeah. He put a hamster up his butt. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, this is also the year of Harriet the Spy, which, if you were of the, of my generation, was a big deal because it came in a in an orange clamshell VHS case with an orange VHS, which none of us had seen before. <laughs> That's when MTV it was and like Nickelodeon a were getting to, into movies. Yeah. Which is why uh, that's the only Joe's apartment I really like it because it is uh, Don from Buffy. So yeah, right. Um, and the birdcage. No, none of us. Nobody mentioned the birdcage. That, which that I was, was on my honorable mention. Was the yeah. birdcage along with? This is not an honorable mention. This is just a me mention. It Escape from L.A. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that film gets shit on all the time, but I enjoy watching Snake Surf. So what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, make no apologies. Um, uh, and Space Happy Gilmore's online. And Space Jam, because I do love the Looney Tunes near and dear to my heart forever. But yeah. I was surprised that nobody brought up Space Jam. I thought that would come up from one of us, but uh, I haven't actually seen it. I used its, <laughs> I used its spot for, for Muppet Treasure Island on my list. Yeah. Um, and these guys are too old. So. I'm surprised Ryan didn't have Eraser on his list. <laughs> I uh, was just going to say, I love Eraser. It's an all right Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. It's one of my, I'd say it's like a middle tier of mine for him. Oh, totally. Yeah, somewhere yeah. right around Red Heat. Um, Space Jam is what I imagine Michael Jordan uh, is like when he's on acid. And Jingle <laughs> all the way. Yeah, Jingle yeah, all the way. Put that down. That's actually one of my least favorite Schwarzenegger films. Yeah, I was gonna say that one's pretty bad. My wife loves that movie. Um, one of the few Phil Hartman movies out there. Yeah, I do want to bring up uh, Executive Decision, which is a, a movie that I have a, yeah. a soft spot for. That came Kurt. so close to my list because it's got Kurt and it's. Seagal is the surprise. Yeah, yeah Seagal, cameo. Seagal gets killed. Yeah, like really suddenly in that film. Um, and Oliver Platt. I I will love almost any movie with Oliver Platt. When I saw Oliver Platt show up in um, A Time to Kill, I was so excited. Yeah, I was like, hell yes, this is gonna be great. Um, oh, and Jack. I want to mention Jack because Jack's the first movie to ever make me cry. Uh, that's the Robin Williams plays a guy who gets old really fast, and like at the end he tells this. Like he gets up and he reads like this paper he wrote about friendship, and like his other his friend is there and he's getting old and then and then I cried and then like, and then they all graduate from high school and he dies. It's a sad movie. Directed mm-hmm. by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh shit! Yep. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I'm also surprised uh, Ryan didn't have Spy Hard. On his uh, list. I, I do like spoofs, but that's one of Leslie Nielsen's not best ones. Yeah. I do like the Weird Al song in it though, and the credits are really funny. Yeah. How about, how about First Kid with Sinbad? It's got VR in it. How about Eye for an Eye with Keeper Sutherland as, like... A murderer? Murderer. <laughs> totally. How, how, about, how about Barbed Wire? <laughs> you know, that's... I'm not, as the I'm 18th the, Casablanca remake? Yeah. <laughs> as I'm doing the comic book movie binge, yeah. that's been at Trademark for, like, a year. Is it technically a comic book? At a, oh, yeah. man, it is. And it's on Blu-ray for $5 at Trademark. And every time I pass by it, I'm like, mm, not today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been there for a year. Man. I'm going to eventually have to watch it, but is there a place where I can stream it? Oh, that actually might be on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Because, you know, it is because it showed up after I watched Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> As it, like, because you watch Electric Boogaloo, Netflix recommends. Barbed wire. <laughs> Amongst other things. That's too funny. The, the Electric Boogaloo does want make me want to watch Ninja 3. Domination. <laughs> I also want to point out that um, my review of Star Trek First Contact was minimal because I wrote a whole article about it on the website detailing all the awesome parts about it. So just read, <laughs> read what I said there. Yeah. To make up for my Absolutely. lack of commentary. 
Cool. We didn't talk about Twister either. Yeah, because it's stupid. Well, we're not in it for the science. Uh, I think the movie's fun. They made a whole uh, theme park right out of it. Yeah, remember when the cow goes by him? Mm, great. That's one shot of that movie. Yeah, I know. The beginning, the opening, yeah, the rest of it's not good either. opening sequence of that movie terrified me as a kid. Where, like, they're just in a cellar and their dad gets sucked out through the door. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Anyway. Not a cool. fan. But whatever. Um, next week, we're seeing Hardcore Henry, I believe. Yeah. As a film we're seeing. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you for sending in your submissions for Film Explosion 1996 from all of us at The Real Nurse Podcast. We'll see you at the movies. Bye. 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 Welcome to Earth. 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 Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.